Hey everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. I was extremely privileged to get to talk to Steve Barton, executive producer of Terrifier 2 and co-founder of Dread Central. We discussed how the new Terrifier entry has made 40 times its budget in box office revenue, where he got his start in the industry, and the potential for what's to come. If you enjoy what you hear, be sure to share this episode with your friends. There will also be a brand new Terrifier 2 review episode dropping this week that I recorded with the Epic Film Guys a while back. Looking forward to putting that out there as well. If you still have the chance to do so, go see Terrifier 2 on the big screen. This movie is meant to be seen with an audience. Huge congrats to everyone on the team. This movie has already broke down barriers for filmmakers everywhere and will continue its world domination through the end of the year. The film is also now streaming on Screenbox, but if you're a physical media horror like myself, you'll simply have to get your ass to Walmart.com for that exclusive Steelbook edition and BestBuy.com for an exclusive Sienna-inspired edition that is sure to give you wings. Please follow Steve Barton on Instagram at UncleCreepySB and witness his amazing journey. Follow me on Instagram at Kellen Pembleton and at Kellen's Petty Talk Show for my constant film banter and to stay up to date on all the new guest announcements. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the mashed potatoes. Not sure if you were aware, the other podcasts don't compare. Tell your mom if she's too busy to literally stop what she's doing. I need a layers on me as I interview legends for thee. Grab your friends, your dog, and your fish. It's time to rip a new episode for the kids. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. All right, how you doing, man? Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me, man. It's been a, been a. There's nothing going on, right? I mean, nah, it's just a chill. It's a normal kinda. week. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's no talk of Oscars or Kevin Smith or any of that shit, right? Just a yeah. normal. It's it's Sunday, right? Something it's like Sunday. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. First and foremost, I want to say congrats. Terrifier 2 is about to pass $10 million at the box office. Does that not just like blow your mind? In ways you can't even imagine, man. Um, You know, when we made this movie, it's really funny because when we made this movie, the whole mindset while we were filming was just go as far as you want. This is never going to play in a theater, right? Yeah. And uh, here we are. And even when we found out that they wanted to put us in theaters. We were like, really? This movie? You want to put this movie in theaters? And, uh, you know, most people were, would be met with, like, jubilation, but we were like, it was more confusion. Like, really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. And um, next thing you know, man, something incredible happened, and that is you, you guys, all of you. You just started showing up, and you haven't stopped showing up for five weeks now. And it's, I, I cannot even begin to tell you, Kellen, how humbled we are by all of this and how thankful we are because we didn't see this coming. I don't think anyone could have saw this coming, you know? Mm-hmm. So here we are, we're just nine fucking schmucks from New York, right? 
yeah. working on a movie, doing doing our thing, and it, it's blown up, man. And uh, I use schmuck in such a term of endearment way. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, we all we're all crazy in love with each other, you know, and we all bring something unique to the table. Everybody has their own set of skills, which ends up complementing the next person's set of skills. So it's been really cool to see and just. Just unbelievable, man. I mean, we, we had no idea we'd still be in theaters in November. I mean, we were getting October 5th, 6th, and 7th, and we were happy. You know, we were cool. You know, our movie's in theaters. And again, like, the fans just made such a difference. And we, listen, you know, there's a fine line between confidence mm -hmm. and ego, and none of us have any even resembling an ego but we were confident we made a good movie we just didn't expect it to turn into what it has and it's very much lightning in a bottle man what were your original hopes and expectations for the the film's rollout uh, uh we thought we again we thought we were getting october 5th 6th and 7th maybe 8th yeah. and definitely no later than 9th yeah. And uh, I, I thought we were, you know, we were going to hit Screenbox earlier. The plan was to hit Screenbox like yeah. maybe two weeks after uh, the initial theatrical rollout. And then $1.2 million later, which no one expected, um, they started asking us for holdovers. And we haven't left the theaters yet. And it's, it's not even like Halloween season anymore. And we're still in there and we're still, dude, there's no reason why we're up on the big screen and in theaters with like Black Adam and yeah. Smile and all these, these huge movies with these immense budgets. And we're like, hi, 250K here. Yeah. There you know? <laughs> <Here> we are. <laughs> and, but, but we're in these conversations and it's you guys who put us in them and it's, it's the greatest feeling, you know, we've all been at this a real, a lot of people don't realize Damien has been living in, at least in his head with Art the Clown since like around 2006. Yeah. So this is a character that's been gestating for quite some time. And finally he had the opportunity to let it loose. And it, this whole ride has been so unlikely, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it originally started with his short film, you know, uh, and then, you know, everybody liked, you know, I think it was the ninth circle, but everybody was like, yo, the clown, man, you got to give us more of that clown. Yeah. <laughs> and so he did. And that's when All Hallows Eve came to be. And then he had this crazy idea to make it into a feature. And God bless Phil Falcone, the yeah. producer, the main producer. If these movies, if it wasn't for Phil Falcone, these movies don't exist. Yeah, totally. But he saw something in Damien and he believed in him and they made terrifier. And at this point I wasn't involved at all. You know, yeah. I was at that point editor in chief of dread central, a company I started fuck, 20 something years ago. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was my 18th year doing it and the bottom had dropped out of the dot-com industry, you know, and we had a choice at Dread Central. It was either fold or have a parent company. And we never had a parent company, ever. You know, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is we did everything we did with Dread Central on our own steam. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, though, you know, you can only luck out for so long. And uh, it was either fold or sell to somebody and have a parent company. And Epic Pictures Group stepped in mm-hmm. and they wanted to spin off a line of their horror content into a DVD label. And we were like, all right, well, you know, that kind of fits. So for like a, a the first few months, I was, dude, I watched so many movies and they all fucking sucked. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Just, just these terrible movies. Yeah. And, you know, Dread Central at that time is very much my baby, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, dude, we can't come out the gate with something lame. Exactly. And then uh, luckily, the Kane Hodder documentary came across my desk. And I'm like, okay, we need to do this one. That this one's really good. And uh, then Damien called me out of nowhere. He emailed me and he's like, hey, man. So I got this thing. Can you take a look at it for me? Yeah. And I'm like, sure. You know, we had known each other from like a cursory standpoint at, by that point in our relationship. And um, I watched it and then I watched it again and then I watched it again and then I watched it again. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is the movie. This is the movie I want to kick off the Dread Central Presents DVD line. And I was fucking adamant about it, you know. And unfortunately, the powers that be at that time, they were quickly becoming not big fans of me. And uh, they did not see the marketability of this movie, like at all. Because it was released at a time where we already had Stephen King's It in theaters, you know. So there's already a big clown movie in the zeitgeist. What's this little terrifier thing? Terrifier... Yeah, terrifier isn't even a real word. It's gibberish, right? So, <laughs> so it's like, how do you, how do we fucking sell this? And they, they took my advice and they, they secured the rights to distribute the movie, but they didn't believe in it. And you know, it was an uphill battle almost every step of the way. It was like, can we change the name of this? Can we edit this movie? And when that conversation came up, I said, no, you cannot edit this movie if you alter one frame of this movie it's no longer terrifying it's one of a dozen movies and um we fought about it for like months and it got to the point where and i did this in front of a room full of people and nobody could ever take it away from me and it was the best thing i ever did scariest but the best um i stood up after doing dread central for 18 years and i told them if this movie doesn't perform the way i think it's going to I will quit and you can have my part of the company. And I, I think they were like thinking of that was the easiest way to get rid of me, you know, at that point. Yeah. And um, so they took me up on it and then it came out unceremoniously. I mean, I'm not going to say they dumped it, but they weren't like, hey, look at this, you know. But the one thing they did do was they put it on Netflix, which enabled a lot of people to find it. Yeah, definitely. So. Within like two months after its release, it ended up being not just the Dread Central Presents bestseller, but their bestseller. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, there are murals of this character all over the world. And yeah. I, I'll never forget, like two months later, I'm, I'm walking through a convention and I see these people with T-shirts and they're selling Art the Clown this and Art the Clown yeah. that. So and I call, Yeah. And I called Damien. I'm like, dude, do we have merch? <laughs> and he just started laughing because 
I knew the answer. And he's like, no, why? I go, because people are making their own stuff. And that was the moment I knew that we were on to something, you know, because when someone takes the time to create something, to revere what you've done, that is the ultimate compliment. It truly is. Yeah, and um, that was personal at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was then that I realized we had something, but it was also then that I decided I didn't want to be a part of Dread Central anymore. So yeah. I quit uh, very nicely, you know, and um, whether or not Dread Central is better with me or better without me, that's for, as with everything, the fans to decide. And I wish them well. I, I don't know what they're doing. I haven't seen that website in years. You know, I don't go on it. Yeah. Um, but the way I figured it is if after 18 years of doing what I've did and I cheerleaded a bunch of stuff for people, dude, I started the hatchet army. I, I've done so many things and so many things I'm lucky to have done. But the way I surmised it was if I helped bring people a new character that they loved, then that is my swan song. And I'm totally okay with that. You know? I mean, if you're going to go out, go out on a high note, right? And Terrifier for me was definitely a high note. And, you know, some time passed and being Uncle Creepy, man, is the only thing I'm good at, you know? Of course. It's what I do. And um, had I have known the connotations that would come with that name 20 years later, I probably would have been a little bit more selective. <laughs> but, um, That's awesome. You know, it meant some different shit 20 years ago, oh, I yeah. swear. Um, so... <laughs> Well, it's funny. That's actually the name is an homage to an old 70s comic book I used to read called Creepy. And Uncle oh, Creepy yeah, was his like he was like the crypt keeper, you know. Yeah. So that was I, I took that name as an homage because that was like m my favorite fucking comic book. Great. But um, uh, some time had passed and Damien's like, OK, well, we're going to do Terrifier, too. And I'm like, well, dude, I have to be involved. I don't have a choice. Not because I feel like you owe me anything, which you don't. You know, yeah. the only reason that movie was successful is because he made it a good fucking movie. And the only thing I did, I was privileged enough to say to people, hey, look at this. This is pretty fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And um, but because I needed to be a part of it because it, it it's part of my DNA. You know, I believed in that character, I believed in all of the filmmakers. I believed in David Howard Thornton. I especially believed in uh, Damien Leone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right from the get-go, man, you guys always showed up. I mean, we we tried crowdfunding it, and we broke our goal in less than three hours. Yeah, I remember. That and, was wild. And yeah. I'm like, well, I guess we're making another movie, you know? Yeah. And... Then everything happened, dude. The world went to shit. We had the plague. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a, a myriad of things happened at that point. But the whole time, we always considered the way the fans had taken to Art the Clown and, and to Terrifier, you all gave us something so incredibly special. And I mean that, you know, in so many ways. That when it came to a sequel, we figured we have to give you something special back. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why we didn't really give a shit about the runtime. We didn't, we didn't adhere to any conventions because we made this movie specifically 
for fans of the first one. Exactly. You know, that's who this was for. And we didn't have any idea that other people would be digging it to this degree, you know? And then, you know, we released it and God bless you all. You all just kept going to the movies and that was so wonderful. And you know, it was cool. I mean, I'm fucking 50, dude. I'm old. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I've been to the movies so many times in my life, but I saw Terrifier 2 with a crowd like three or four times. And each one of those times, everybody was having such a good time and people were screaming and and laughing and and just talking to the screen and puking and passing out. (laughs) But, but you know, we, you know, it's funny when that shit started happening, right? People were like, oh, well, they thought, is... yeah, I thought it was a hoax. Yeah. No, dude, we weren't even smart enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when that started happening, we were like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, but it, in a way, it made sense because people hadn't seen, at least this generation yeah. hadn't seen anything like this. I mean, everybody at this point is used to, you know, cgi effects and here we are sticking the camera way the fuck where it don't belong showing you guys everything you know it gives no fucks like let's be clear there (laughs) there is zero fucks to give in this movie zero fucks to be given it's just it from beginning to end it's chaos yeah (laughs) and we've just caused so much chaos with the movie yeah because as as you well know hollywood's a a replication machine they see something that recycle everything Yeah, and they give you 10 more of it. But because of the fans, this isn't even something they can replicate, Mm -hmm. you know? And it just goes to show you, and it's something I've always said, you can't, you can't, you can't be a filmmaker and say to yourself, I have the next horror icon, you know? It's not for you to say. It's not not for you to try. It's up to the audience to give somebody that title. You know, you'll never hear any of us saying, oh, well, we have a new horror icon now. Yeah. No. It, uh, is he on his way? Yeah, I think he's on his way. I wouldn't say he's an, a new horror icon yet. But if the fans say it, then that's the fans are the ones who ultimately decide that. And same thing with, you know, making a midnight movie or a cult classic. You can't go into it trying to do that. It's not going to work. Your only job as a filmmaker is to try to make the best movie you can. And that's all we tried to do with what we had, which was making every penny stretch 50 fucking miles. You know? <laughs> exactly. And this is the result. And it's it's magic, man. Yeah, I mean, and I guys... just talked, I just talked to you guys. I just talked to you for like 20 minutes straight. Sorry. <laughs> you guys I'm on like that. adrenaline right now. <laughs> no, for sure. You're great. Uh you, you didn't really have a big budget for marketing the movie, and you know we had zero. Yeah, and it became like an overnight success by word of mouth and accidental marketing with the social media posts from patrons, including like people getting picked up by ambulances, people puking and taking pics of it, sending it to you. Like, that's so amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And you know what? You're 100%. You just coined the perfect term, Kellen. It was accidental marketing. Exactly. Yeah. We had no idea. None Excellent. of this was planned. <laughs> the only marketing, you know, it's funny too. And Jerry O'Connell, fuck, oh, amazing, was, yeah, was talking right. about it. Was talking about it on the talk. He's like the marketing team behind this movie, yeah. and I'm like, 
it's me, it's bloody disgusting, and it's the fans, and maybe yeah. two or three people on the, on the team. That's all it is. Yeah, you know, there was no marketing budget. We didn't have a marketing budget. <laughs> I love how that yeah. guy tells his kids to see it too. Oh, God bless him. You know what? Raise them right. You know. Yep. <laughs> Raise them right, man. You know, if you sit, listen, Terrifier is not a movie for everyone. There's no. no question about that. But if you sit with your kids and you explain to them what they're watching and that it is not real, as real as it may look, yeah. it's fucking fantasy land, dude. It is. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, your kids could be well equipped with it. If I was, a, if I, I, if I was like, I think I'd have like a nine, 10 year old cut off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be showing people Terrifier at five. Yeah. But when they're old enough to kind of understand and comprehend what's happening, sure, why not? As long as you parent your children and you explain to them what they're seeing, then it's fine. This is the kind of movie you sneak into when you're a kid. You know? Perfect. That's yes. what we all did. <laughs> you know what? It, it's funny, too. Cause it's funny you say that because that's what this really harkens back to. That's what it really... Yeah. Reminds me of when I was a little kid and we were hanging out at the schoolyard or the playground or wherever the fuck we were hanging out, man. There was always a bunch of movies that you were talking about with your friends, <laughs> like these really disreputable fucking movies. And like, oh, did you see that movie where this shit happened? Yeah, right? yeah. And and now it's it's very much back to that. And this people are calling this movie dangerous, you know. <laughs> and okay, you know. It, Man. But I guess in a, in a lot of ways it it could be. I mean, it does. It is legit making people sick. Did you see the Australian government actually warned their citizens about it? Oh yeah, that was like last week, right? Yeah, dude. How you want to talk about a marketing gift when a country is warning their citizens yeah. about seeing a movie? How do we even? You can't make that shit up. Man, screw the MPAA, though. I mean, unrated is just another term for everyone. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, one of my favorite things that Damien has ever said, uh, it, it, he said it about the original Terrifier. Yeah. Uh, I think we were at a convention and somebody said to him, so Damien, how did you get this movie past the MPAA? And Damien said, we just didn't show it to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to do it. And you can and do that it. That was it. You know, you know, that was like it. That. But here's what we're most excited for, Kellen, and we're so thrilled about this, dude. We're horror fans. If it doesn't show from watching the movie, surprise, we are yeah. big horror fans. And um, horror has been throttled mm -hmm. badly for so many years, you know? And as an indie filmmaker, it's really easy to not feel like you stand a chance against the Hollywood machine for obvious reasons, you know? Mm -hmm. And we proved that if you have passion, you have the heart and you just keep fucking going and you make something that you're proud of, it does stand a chance and it opens the doors now for other smaller features to be given sort of a chance. And that is the most exciting thing by far for all of us. Yeah, and what was so cool about watching it was, you know... It it feels like it was made like an indie movie and, but like I'm watching it and there's, there's times where I'm like, how is this made for a quarter of a million dollars? This looks like a big budget movie. Like whoever did the lighting on this movie needs to win an Oscar because it, it was, it was really well lit and really well shot. And just everybody brought their a game. 
you know. George Stuber, our cinematographer, Mike Levy, Jason Levy, Amazing. Stephen Della Sala, everybody brought their A game. And, you know, yeah. everybody did, everyone wore 18 hats. Mm -hmm. Whatever needed to be done, it got done. You know, movie took three years to make, you know, yeah. a myriad of reasons. Damien told everybody it would be three weeks. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, I remember they were saying in like the post credits that COVID sort of helped the movie a little oh, bit, yeah. which is 100%. pretty amazing. You know, and I, I think it helped in a bunch of different ways. And, and I, I just want to clarify, by no means am I saying that um, we're capitalizing on tragedy because it was tragic what happened. Yeah, of a lot of people lost their lives and we're all very lucky to still be here. And we're only here because we care about each other and we tried to do the right thing whenever we could. But um, I, I think after the last shitty few years that we've had mm -hmm. and man have these last few years just been fucking shitty you know you know <laughs> i i think that terrifier 2 when it came out it it let people just blow off some steam you know there's no message there's the only message in this movie is just take the ride you know yeah. it's like a roller coaster really i mean if you think about it figuratively you know, when you get on a roller coaster and the safety right. bar comes down, you're strapping in. It's metaphorically, when the lights go down in a movie theater, you're strapping in. Yeah. And uh, people can let go and blow off some steam. And I think, I think that really helped us because people, like I said, you know, the few times that I've seen it with a crowd, people were just. I haven't seen an interactive experience like that in Damn. so long. Same. And it really reminds, like when everyone left the theater, the people who weren't passed out and wiping vomit off their faces, <laughs> but when everyone left the theater, they had a smile on their face and they felt like they had a good time, you know? And at the end of the day, that's what movies are supposed to be for us a lot of times is escapism. Yeah. You know, we just didn't think people would want to escape with Art the Clown. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. All of you who showed up are crazy and we love you. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it's just been such an amazing experience, man. And and yeah. so humbling. Like we're, every day we wake up and literally almost every day for the past five weeks, we've woken up and something cooler than the next day happened. You know, mm -hmm. like this morning I woke up and Kevin Smith's like, Let's I do a double that. feature. And I'm like, <laughs> what? That's you so know? crazy. You know, okay. What do you say to that? But yes, of course we'll do it. Yeah. You think um, that's going to happen pretty soon? Is that, is that on the horizon? You think it's where we're, it's in its infancy, but it'll happen for sure. So cool. You know, he's the I man. Mean, yeah. How do you say no to that, dude? Of yeah. course you want to do that. And you know, Stephen King talking about it, and Howard Jerry O'Connell, Howard Stern, yeah. Corey Graves, name checking Art the Clown on WWE Raw. It's just Mike so Flanagan. Nuts. Mike Flanagan, craziness, dude, craziness. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to be very honest with you. All those cats that loved it, that's fucking incredible. But you guys are just as important as every one of them to us because you guys are the loudest. You yeah. show up. You scream, you yeah. post incessantly, you don't let fucking people tell you no. And I, I, I'm thrilled that so many of the fans have taken ownership of this movie because really, 
we're all on this crazy fucking ride together. We have no idea what's going on collectively. No, all we're doing is watching what's happening and being like, okay, this is great. Let's keep going. You know? Yeah. You'll so, be able to figure it out once the dust settles. It's just too crazy right now to even think about it. Oh my God, dude, that's, I got to tell you, it's been like for all of us, it's been like being caught in the world's coolest tornado. Right. You know, where all of us feel like we're just hanging on for our dear lives at this point. And it's beautiful because were you able to sleep at night when you were realizing this was happening? Like I'd be too excited to even sleep. I I wouldn't be able to. No, it was, it was three hours a night max. Yeah. Um, When the movie, when the movie was premiering at South by South, uh, not South by Southwest, um, Fantastic Fest, no sleep that night. When the movie was premiering at, uh, in, in Fright Fest in the UK, no sleep that night. It was always going on Letterboxd and seeing what people were saying or looking for a review and we've been very lucky the whole way i none of us expected the majority of people to really embrace this movie because this movie is fucking nuts this is a very mean-spirited awesome movie (laughs) it's really 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 violent and art the clown is an evil character and people are in love with him and you know what's cool too is like when you see like david dressed up as art the clown at a convention like everybody is drawn to even little kids yeah, they are him. just drawn to him and they just run right up to him and he's the sweetest person on the planet david is the yes. nicest guy you've ever seen he's he's literally like the living embodiment of roger rabbit 24 hours a day but when that makeup goes on and that costume comes on he flips the switch. everything <laughs> Everything about him is different. He, the yeah. way he walks, the way he moves, the way he looks at stuff, his facial expressions. He's he is such an outstanding actor, and it, it. I'm just so happy to see both he and Lauren Lavera really getting recognized for what they did. Because yeah. as good as David is, you're only as good as the person you have to play off of. Oh, they were and, all good. They were fantastic, oh, dude. Lauren fucking killed it casey hartnett as Allie killed it kelly hyman as brooke killed she was it so funny. i loved her oh yeah. she's my favorite character yeah I really? yeah i loved her i loved the the whole molly scene was hilarious yeah because you know what that that's what damien did and the reason why you like these people because you fucking know these people you connect with them you know right? yeah you you know people exactly like that yeah. And so they have an air of realism about it. And that's the one thing Damien, I think, did smarter than anyone in a long time was yeah. to take his runtime and use it to really help you get to know these characters. So that way, when really horrible things happen to them, you know, you're yeah. you're you're in the mix, you're feeling what's going on. And yeah, I- I know, I know, like before this movie even came out and, you know, even after a little bit, people complain about the runtime, but I'll be honest, I saw the first Terrifier, huge fan of the first one too. I saw it on the, the first Dread Central run that you guys, that, or that they did on the, uh, in, back in 2017, I saw it in Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York at the screening room. And I'll be honest, this movie has better pacing than that one even. I yeah. mean, even though it's a little longer, it, it, it was more well-paced and... You know, I just, I think it's a riot. I think it was smart to have a long running time, at least, at least for one entry. I know he wants yeah. to cut it down a little bit for the next one, but it really works for this film. Yeah. It, uh, thank you for saying that. It really, it was a big point of contention for a long time. And 
like everything else about this movie, it turned into its own talking point. Yeah. You know, first people were talking about the runtime and that settled down a little bit. Yeah. Then people were talking about the bedroom scene and they're still talking about the bedroom scene. So and, and there's so many things about the movie that have turned into these little talking points. And yeah. it, it's so, and then, I mean, you want to talk about a charmed production, you know, you have Elliot Fulham who turned into a pop star on TikTok. Yeah, starring in the movie. Awesome. You, yeah. you know, I mean, how much, how many more stars could possibly align for this movie? You know, I met, it's... I met his parents like 11 years ago when I first started going to like horror conventions. And so I've mm -hmm. known about little punk people forever. And I've always watched his, his interviews. But when I saw he was cast in Terrifier, it literally blew my mind. I was like, no way. I don't even he's know. brilliant. He was great. I didn't even know he was chasing an acting career at that point. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. You yeah. know, he and Lauren have such great chemistry. They do. Yeah. And Lauren, dude, you tell me she don't have Marvel and DC money written all over her. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, so we're very lucky to have her while we do. You know, she is going to be a superstar. I could guarantee it. Hopefully we keep her away from them, though. <laughs> mm. You know, she she's at the point of her career. And God bless her. She could do anything she wants. And she's going to just she's just going to keep growing yeah, and, and, and getting better roles and better roles and the greatest thing in the world is when we're all looking back 20 years from now everything that's going to happen in our lives that's good that is yet to happen is all going to be because of this little fucking movie yeah, and crazy. because everyone out there yourself included decided to show up and just have a good time yeah and Laura, lauren becoming a final girl too overnight which is just so wild to think you know she's she's gonna last forever Oh yeah, dude. I dude, even this Halloween, the movie's only out for what three weeks at that point. I saw a yeah. ton of Sienna costumes. Oh, absolutely. You know, people yeah. are people are drawing her, people are getting tattoos of her. Yeah. People have tattoos of fucking of the demon serial kid. Yeah. What? <laughs> and you art know? art with the with the the sunglasses too, the the flower sunglasses. I saw that you one. Know? If there's ever if there's ever an argument to be made for the fact that you never know what's gonna hit, the fucking sunflower sunglasses is that argument. Okay, perfect. A little tiny thing got blown up into like a million memes. <laughs> you... And you know what? That, that that's also the genius of David because that wasn't scripted. That, that was whole scene that was completely improvised. You know. Yeah. It was like Damien will tell him just fuck around over there and go nuts and do different <laughs> shit, you know. And David is the type of guy he's like, okay. And you want to know another cool part about that scene in particular, the part when Lauren's at the counter getting ready to pay for the wing, the the wings, and she didn't have her bag with her. Yeah. That was improvised. She legit did not have her bag with her. And David was downstairs and saw her bag and he brought it up the stairs and realized they were still shooting. And he just walked over and dropped it and kept walking. No way. Completely. So, wait, so that's like a genuine reaction when she kind of jumps a little bit? Yeah. No way. That's so funny. I loved how that was edited Com too. It was perfect. Yeah. Well, it, it, it edited to play a lot better than it was. Yeah. But that is, that one shock when he drops the bag is absolutely genuine. God. Even even the smaller characters, like the guy that runs the store, in like even sir, so what are you doing? You're so that good. One. That's my favorite line of the movie. It really is. It makes me laugh it? every time. Sir, what are you doing? 
the magic <laughs> shop guy. I love John if killed that part, man. It was yeah. hilarious. Oh man, another one of my favorite scenes is the the laundry scene. He just gets butt ass naked. <laughs> this is brilliant. You'll, you'll be happy to know that in if there is a Terrifier three, it's going to go in David's contract that he has to at least get a spray tan. Yeah, because he because he's going to be blowing out white levels with his bare ass for the next fucking <laughs> five years at least on on, <laughs> on OLEDs everywhere. But you know, it, it's great that you bring up the laundry scene because uh, that is one of my favorite parts of the movie and i think part of what makes art special and he is a special character i, I won't call him a horror icon but i can definitely say as evidenced by the box office running the way people are attracted to him he is a special character yeah. but i think part of what makes him very special is you get to see art do the things that you don't see any other killer do it's like the little human things that he does gives him so much character. Like he breaks into a house and gets a glass of water. Dude, you he, know? Gets, he has the best mannerisms. And like the yeah. way he laughs, when he like bends, bends over backwards, when he laughs, he's just like, mm -hmm. does it. It's amazing. Or he, he comes out with a bowl of mashed potatoes. You know, <laughs> it, it's just these little things. Like one thing we should have done that we yeah. totally missed the boat on, we should have had a scene of him making the mashed potatoes. Yeah, that would have been great. Should have had a scene. That would have been amazing. That but to see a, movie. You can do it again. <laughs> ah, dude, but just to see him like do his laundry, you yeah. know, go into a, a fucking bag to try to find money to pay for something, you oh, know, it's just the little things that he does that you never seen every other killer do that it's what sets him apart. I would like to see in the next film what it's like when he dreams, like what he dreams. Does he dream? Does he dream? I don't know. Does like, he dream? Imagine it's just all like like fantasy, like happy stuff. <laughs> you know, one of the, I can promise a couple of things about art. One, you're never ever going to hear him make a peep. Yeah. A lot of people are like, please don't ever let him talk. You will never hear Art's voice. Yeah, that'd be dumb. Uh, even when, if you notice, even when he's getting his ass whipped, you don't hear him grunt. Yeah. You don't hear anything. It, you don't even hear him breathe. You know. He's just completely silent and he'll always stay that way. And while we will explain some things in the mythology, you're never going to know everything about art because we don't want him to become yeah. so familiar that he's not cool anymore. Got to be know? a sense of mystery there. Yeah, man. I mean, some people like uh, one of the most common, common critiques is, oh, they had two and a half hours and they didn't explain anything. Good. So... Who cares? You, know? you got to see the most brutal movie you saw all year, and it was perfect. There's nothing to complain about. But, for, but to me, though, man, it's like, ain't it kind of fun to speculate on your own, you know? Yeah, exactly. To really just have fun and go, hmm, I wonder if he did this, or this happened, or that happened, or maybe the reason for him to do that is this. And I love seeing people coming up with their own shit, because people are coming up with some really good stuff, you know? Yeah. And they're inventing these mythologies as, we're, as they're going along. And we're all watching going, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, you know, people are saying, you know, maybe Sienna's gay and Allie was her girlfriend. I don't know if that's the case. None of us know if that's the case. Yeah. But what's cool is people are assigning their own stories to these characters, you know. And I think that's wonderful because it shows that. When people do that, it shows that they care about the characters and they want to know more about it. So every time anyone theorizes anything, we're so happy and proud of that. You have no idea. Oh, that's amazing.
Love the local H shirt, by the way. Thank you. Someone Bound who knows the what the band is, dude. I, I love that shit. Bound for the floor. Dude, I fucking, that's one of my favorite, my two favorite bands, a local H and Pearl Jam. Those are my two okay, bands. Okay, cool. Yeah, for sure. You know, I listen to them and I listen to old school hip hop because I'm fucking old. And you that's know it. You know, it's newer. I don't know if you're into like Buffalo hip hop, but we have some some newer guys that sound old school, like Benny the Butcher. Hmm, I'll check it out. I'm always looking for new yeah. stuff. Yeah, Benny the Butcher, West Side Gun, and Griselda is like their their group. But yeah, they're all really good. If you like oh, old I, sound. I do. I will check them out, man. That's the beauty of Spotify. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I love Spotify. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you got the deal with Cinedime to get the film distributed with, you know, yeah. the bloody disgusting screen box and everything. Um, how, did, how exactly did all that go down? Scary. Um, you know, listen, we were a hair away from self-distributing, you know? Yeah literally a hair and Brad Miska of bloody disgusting called me and he said, Steve, I just saw terrifier too. What do we have to do? And I was like, well, dude, you kind of putting me in a really awkward situation. Um, Dread central released the last one. They fumbled the ball. And now you want me to bring another website into the fucking mix to do the second one. And you know what? I, I I laid out what we were looking for. I, I laid out how I would approach it mm-hmm. if I were them. And the stars aligned, man. And you know what? There's a lot of champions for these movies. And Bloody Disgusting, Cinedime, and Iconic Events fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. You know? The balls on these people to release a fucking... 138 minute balls to the wall slasher movie (laughs) into 1500 theaters completely unrated (laughs) yeah dude you gotta have some nuts yeah and you know what's funny their nuts are on a shelf right next to ours because we made this shit with our big ass balls yeah and then they were like well look at our big ass balls so now we have like a bowling ball thing you know what i mean but it's a lot of balls but no seriously they um they really, they championed it. They really championed it, and they they hit the fucking ball out of the park. They well, really you were only it. expecting like maybe fifty theaters in the beginning, right? Like, what what made it get to, to be where it's at now? I have no idea. <laughs> I, you guys, you yeah. guys did because you got to understand this movie. The first weekend, mm-hmm. it was playing one or two show times a day. That yeah. was it. You know, in I think it was like 800 theaters. Mm -hmm. And even with those two little show times, most cases, one, it still made a million and two because people were going to the theater and seeing it. So the second week, yeah, the, the second week was even sicker because the second week we lost all of the AMC theaters. None of the AMC theaters were showing it the second week. And we made even more than we did the week before. Mm-hmm. And then people saw that and they were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then we got the call and we were like, what the fuck? Right. And then the third week happened and then Halloween weekend. And it just, you know, it, it's something 
will never forget. It, it, yeah. It's this is this is our once in a lifetime right now. You know, whatever happens from here is great because we have nothing to complain about. Then, oh, yeah. you know, so it went from this little thing, and I guess. I guess theaters were just hungry to try something new because during COVID, a lot of businesses shut down and the movie industry as a whole was really hurt by that, you know? So, I and horror has always been bankable for as much as it gets shit on, and boy, does it get shit on. It always is a moneymaker. So I guess a lot of theaters were just more open to trying to do something different. I mean, again, it was... This is this was the result of a million things going right and having to fly through a window probably about that big, you know, without touching the edges. The only answer that any of us have is the fans. It really is you. It's you all. All the guys who've seen it, all the girls who've seen it, all the whatever they are who've seen it, you know, whatever you identify as, you know, terrifier as fucked up as these movies are, they're for everybody, yeah. you know, and they're for everyone to go to and take the ride and eat fucking popcorn and throw candy and, and laugh and yell and scream. Throw up on and each other. <laughs> yeah, throw up on each. But you know what's funny about some of those stories? There's this one podcast called um, The Box Office Boys, yeah. where the whole reason they went is... They wanted to see if maybe they were going to be lucky enough to have someone get sick at their theater. And um, it happened, you know? And so they went, They were like in full-blown documentarian mode. They're taking pictures of the vomit. They're interviewing the people around the person who threw up. But what's really funny, the funniest part about that story is this dude puked in the middle of one of the rows and nobody left but him. Everybody stayed. Puke on the floor and all. Yeah. Everybody stayed. What the actual fuck, dude? That's you know? That, yeah. That's amazing. That's Great podcast, amazing. By the way. I loved it. I listened to it. It was a good one. Yeah, dude. Then you know they were like in full blown documentarian mode, man. Yeah. They're taking pictures of vomit. I applaud those guys. I went after those guys and said, I have to talk to you. You were the only ones who actually decided to realize that this wasn't a marketing ploy. This shit just happened. Yeah. You know? So insane. It was almost a fluke. They even went to see it because the one guy, he said he had seen the first film like a week prior, right? They were going to go see Ticket to Paradise or some shit like that. That's funny. And then they got to the theater and they're like, well, it's here, you know? <laughs> did you see that Again. one? Did you see that one TikTok that somebody posted where they were like pretending to have a seizure <laughs> while watching? Yeah. Yeah. That was wild. <laughs> well, you know what's funny, dude? And it, it, it's, it's, we, our reaction to all of this is the same exact reaction that you would have if your shit just blew up. Yeah. You know, we watched and read everything you know we'd call each other in the middle of the night dude did you see this did you see that holy shit look at this you know it's like we're we're like a we're like the stranger things cast fucking freaking out about the upside down 24 hours a day and um it's just been beautiful it's been something that we're never going to forget you know that you guys have caused us to have a once in a lifetime
You What's know? really cool too is a lot of people have been been embracing it so much that they go to see it multiple times. Like me for myself, I was at that very first screening. I saw it in Glendale in California here. And we me and my friend loved it so much. I've seen it four times in the theater already. And God bless you. A few times like outside of theater, like obviously when it comes to screen box and everything. Um I showed my dad. <laughs> he wasn't ready for it. He hadn't seen the mm. first one. And it was very brutal. He was like, I can't watch this. And I, you I, made, know, him, it's... I made him sit through it. <laughs> And thank you for that, dude. One yeah. dude, there's one dude on Twitter who's who's posted nine different tickets. He went wow. nine times. Nine. And um, the few times I've went, I've bought tickets for just about every show by me. Yeah. And the reason I've done that is I always pick like two seats in the very front row that nobody would buy. Yeah. And the reason I do that is because two of my mentors who I wouldn't be here without George Romero and Sid Haig, who are close, close friends of mine. I think that they would bug the fuck out if they saw what was going on with this movie. So I I wanted to, yeah, I, I wanted to buy them seats and just so they could be there and watch the movie, you know? I so I, I bought like, I, I don't even know how many, I'm, I'm not the reason for the box office, but I bought quite a few tickets by my local theater. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like doing that. I like making sure if they want to see it, it's there for them. Mm-hmm. I'm a sentimentalist. Probably more heavy on the mental, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, what's the turnout been in Canada? I, know I don't I know. There past week. I don't know. I, I know it's doing well. I don't we, we don't have those numbers because we're not as direct directly plugged into that. But, you know, I, I, I know they're having a good time. You know, yeah. I, I a lot of my Canadian friends are writing me and like, dude, that was the greatest thing ever. The theater was packed. So I, I don't think we're going to have the full vision of that until it's finally over, you know? Art the Clown, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, know, I know we're doing our little dance right now, but as soon as Black Panther hits, we're done, you know? That's just the way it is. That'd be Black cool. Panther's going to knock everyone out of the theater. Yeah. That'd be cool if Terrifier... and, and rightly so, to be honest with you. you yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool if the third Terrifier was like a like a road movie and Art was just like on a road trip killing people. <laughs> we have a plan. We have oh, a I'm plan. Sure I, don't, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to see it coming. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it because nobody saw this coming. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm going to be very honest with you. When it comes to Terrifier, <laughs> we don't have plans to make eight sequels, you know? Yeah. Um, we think that when we're done telling the story and there's no more story to tell, it's over. Yeah, you know, yeah. we'd rather have three or four really good movies yeah. than you know four good movies and ten shitty ones. Exactly. You know, so we're not gonna do no. We're not launching Art the Clown in space. Uh, well, <laughs> he'd have to go to Hawaii first, technically, so and that ain't gonna happen. Um, but. You know, we Damien is a genius, and I I don't use that word lightly. G- Damien reminds me a lot, yeah. especially bravado wise of George. And um, Damien doesn't compromise, and Damien has a very well thought out vision. He knows yeah. what he wants, and when he's done telling his story, that's when the Terrifier saga ends. You know, plus we have to have the eventual crossover with fucking Pennywise, don't we? Right. <laughs> I was thinking that today. How cool would it be if they did like a photo op together, him and Tim Curry? It'd be awesome. Oh man, holy shit! 
Should. Hey, Steven, you like the movie. Let's make it happen, buddy, right? I, you know? <laughs> Come on, Steven. Art the Clown and fucking Pennywise. I got to visit his home his home back in June. I did a big road trip, and I went to Maine. It was really cool. Oh, did you? Yeah, Very it's cool. weird how many people are there, though. I mean, there's like 20 people at every every given moment taking pictures. Yeah. Of yeah. Well, you know, man, and that's that was another charmed part of the ride. You don't expect Stephen King, no. of all people, to be like, yo, that was cool. You know, you just... no, he's, he's been really cool about that lately, though. I have noticed that, you know, at least the, this this past year, he's been doing that for several horror movies. Not not a lot of them, but he'll like tweet out if he likks something, which is really cool because, you know, his seal of approval means everything. Oh, my God, dude, my my girlfriend, Danielle, had it framed for me. She printed it out and had it framed. I, I have his tweet in a frame on my wall, you know, and it deserves to be there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I know this movie has caused a lot of emotional reactions from viewers, you know, for me personally, it flipped the switch for me and helped me get back to screenwriting, you know, which I've been stranded for a while and had a steady halt for like the last couple months, but it literally got me to get right back to it, which is pretty incredible. Um, but how does that feel that it's, it's giving a lot of like emotional reactions? There are no words. Thank you for that. There, there, there are literally no words. You know, we never set out to inspire anyone. Yeah. You know, we, we just set out to make this, to make a movie we wanted to see. And um, when we hear things like that, it's just, it's the biggest honor. I can't you know, even tell you enough. Like the, the moment I left seeing that movie, it made me want to just get in the car and go meet up with a bunch of friends and make a movie. Like at that yeah. moment, I was like, you know, this is, this is what we're here for. This is why we do what we do. And the fact that they were able to make this movie and that it's killing as well as it is right now, it's just, it, it made me emotional. Like, honestly, we, we were talking about it all night, me and my friend. And, you know, it's just so wild that this this got the reaction it did, you know? Dude, I mean, I, we're not going to lie. I myself have cried like 19 times. Oh, I wouldn't doubt you know? it. Just, yeah. just out of, you know, I've been at this game for a long time, man. Yeah. You know, there's so many times... Over the last 20 years, I've been doing this 27 years, and so many times I wanted to give up. Hey, crash and burn constantly. Dude, all the time. And I, I can't tell you how many times personally I've come this close to sticking the landing, oh, and then shit would just fall apart. Yeah. And it's happened a million times. And to finally stick that landing, you know, and, and have it do what it's doing it's it was it was like it, it was like you can't help but break down because you know one of the most beautiful things about the horror genre i think is it's one of the only film genres that's based on a human emotion you know yeah. you can be horrified i think that's why people respond to it so much but um i i think that all of the emotions for so many people, again, and I really do believe because we've had such a shitty few years where literally we've been exposed to some of the worst things we could ever, ever be exposed to. You know, I, I think that everybody's looking for a release and it's okay to be emotional. You know, if anything, it's good because you're letting it out. It's things that have been inside you for so long and being able to just to think for even a second that, our movie is the impetus for people feeling that way. It's, I mean, fuck the Oscar, dude. We won. 
Yeah, you know exactly. that's what it's about. We've already won. Oh yeah, exactly. you know that we hit a grand slam home run at the bottom of the ninth out of the fucking planet. You've Anything that happened, unheard of. Yeah, yeah, dude. We we've literally all of us made history together. This was everybody. This was everyone who supported this movie and the horror genre. One of my good friends texted me earlier guy named ryan and he was like i'm so glad i got to kind of take this ride with you i'm like dude you're right next to me in this ride all of you guys are right we're all horror fans this shit doesn't happen you know it's never happened to even if you look at the bigger independent movies that have done well over the years like paranormal activity or the Blair witch project but those movies had and i'm not comparing yeah. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, both the one thing those movies had that we didn't was they had a studio pouring money into a marketing budget and making sure people knew about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have any of that. All we had were these, our fingers, yeah. and and passion and, and hope that somebody would like our stuff. You know, and one of my another good friend of mine, a guy named Dave McInerney, who's one of the best. Uh, fucking writers and writer reps out there. He um, he said to me, Steve, I don't know if you realize this or not, but you guys are a template now. Yeah. And he goes, but the funny part about you guys being a template is it's nearly impossible to replicate what you've done. Mm-hmm. And listen, I don't know if we can replicate. I don't know what's going to happen if we do Terrifier 3. You know what I mean? Yeah. For all we know, nobody's going to go see it. And, you know, it's, and that's fine too, you know, it's just, this. sometimes this whole ride, I know, I know it sounds like I've been talking so much during this interview and I've been just prattling on, but it's like a cross of absolute adrenaline because we, none of us have really had any good sleep and quite, and that's not a complaint. We're lucky, you know, but, um, and it's just emotion. It's like we're all just on overdrive. Yeah. And again, it's such a, I mean, you saying that this movie made you want to go right and make a movie with your friends. That's the ultimate thing, man. That is, I, I can't thank you enough for saying that. I really can't. To me, that's the award. That's what makes it worth it. Those moments. I had one woman say to him, she wrote me on Instagram and her dad had stage four cancer and he was a huge horror fan mm-hmm. and terrifiers. The last movie they went to, they could go see together in the theater. Mm-hmm. How do you even, where do you even find words to, I mean, is thank you enough? I don't know. You know, it, it's just little things like no one, when the worst thing that could happen to you as a filmmaker is you could release something that makes somebody feel absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Even if they hated your movie, that's still good because you made them feel something. You did your job. <laughs> but if somebody's feeling nothing, that's the worst. And the fact that so many people have been either inspired by or adrenalized or have just had, I mean, that particular two people, they made a memory because of this movie, you know? And it's just the most amazing thing. It's something we can't say thank you enough for. And it's it's a true privilege that you guys 
and you girls all came and, and are still supporting us. And we very much are cognizant of that fact is we don't exist yeah. without you. You know, you're the reason why we're doing what we're doing. And we we don't have, we never had film careers, you know, it's like, it was just something we did. Yeah. And now it looks like we do. And now it's just a matter of keeping focused, remembering why these movies were good and remembering what we did to make them good and staying true to that formula. You know, even if we get a bigger budget for Terrifier 3, we're still going to make the same fucking movie we would have made. Yeah. You, know? you don't even need a huge budget for it. You know, you know, 50. I mean, if you did a million, it would be, you know, even crazier. Yeah. I mean, dude, our budget on Terrifier 2 is like Jamie Lee Curtis's brand muffin budget on Halloween <laughs> ends. You know what I mean? Oh, I man. Fuck that movie. <laughs> <sighs> it's just it's been insane and you know i mean i i would i just we can't say thank you enough you know we really really truly can't and it's not an act and i think people would know and be able to see through it if it was an act but we're all very humble people we're all just like everyone else and we're also and i'm very proud of this probably the most responsive to the fans of anyone I've ever seen on a movie, you know, oh, you are, someone absolutely. tweets at us, someone tweets at us, we'll we answer back. Everything. Yeah. And it's it because it's a privilege. If, if somebody's taking the time to talk about your stuff, that's a privilege and you should take the time to respond to them. If you can, I tried really hard the first couple of weeks to respond to every single message and email and tweet and Instagram Hard to keep up. But it eventually it eventually just got too much and it just wasn't enough time. So I apologize for the few people. I had just added a quick heart emoji or a thumbs up, but <laughs> you know, but just know that everything got read, you know, and we try to answer everything we can as much as we can because we feel very much indebted to you guys. Because you're not just our fans, you're our peers. Yeah. You know, we made this movie. For all of us, mm-hmm. you know, for the horror fans. And we just had no idea so many people were, you know, and this who knew that this would be the movie everyone wanted to see. And it, you know, it's funny too, because this movie, like I said, is bringing people so much joy in the strangest of ways that, like, I remember like two weeks in, I called Damien. I'm like, dude, we made a horror movie, right? I mean, are we doing this wrong? You know, what's going on? Yeah, and uh, he's like, I know, man. It's it's beautiful, and it, it this whole thing has just been the best chaos we ever could have been privy to, and we're so happy that it was like the entire horror community like united into this giant ass mosh pit of fucking lunacy, and uh, it's so cool, you know. It it really is so cool when because you know you see people wearing reanimator shirts or evil dead shirts or whatever and even if you don't know each other you know you're walking by you see each other you give each other the head nod because you know that that's one of mine you know what i mean you're one of my people yeah man. and this is one of the few times i can honestly remember when everybody just showed up and just keeps dude we're in week five we shouldn't have made four hundred thousand last night that's ridiculous you know 
it's it's the most fun I've had at the movies all year. And I, I see pretty much everything, but it, Me too. more importantly, it started a conversation and now it's opening the door for so many filmmakers. And I, I think it's going to do a lot for just, not just the industry in general, but for the horror industry, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna change, change a lot. Yeah. And that's, that's and really that's, important. And for us, that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. If we could have done anything with our lives to be able to make even that much of a difference yeah. is incredible. And very few people ever get that opportunity to really make a difference. So we take that uh, very seriously, you know, and a lot we of people aren't given a shot, you know, no, never, dude. And we, we never were given a shot. We just, yeah. I, I think we, we we were just so fucking tired of everyone not giving us a shot. We just said, fuck it, make the movie we want to make. Fuck yeah. it. We got nothing to lose. And a lot of the cast you guys put in there are, are I don't want to say no names, but they're they're a lot of fresh faces. And you oh, got yeah. gave a lot of them their star. And now, you know, they're gonna definitely go on to doing more roles. And yeah. Know. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that that you know Lauren's not gonna do big ass action movies. Or yeah. that David's not going to be getting a phone call from James Wan going, I got this really creepy character I need, you know? That's yeah. going to happen, yeah. you know? And they deserve it. so proud of that. They do. So they good. absolutely do. And, you know, we're just happy to be a part of this. And Terrifier, anyone who's ever seen us at conventions or when we're all together, it's like this weird fucking carnival you know we're just all fucking we're all loud we're all funny we're all enjoying each other's company and we all especially at conventions when a fan comes up we take our absolute time with each person yeah you know because you, yeah. you you never get that chance because maybe this person's only going to get this one chance to yeah. talk to you and they need to tell you something you better fucking listen yeah. You know, be there for that person, be present in that moment, look them in the eye and make yeah. sure that you connected with them and you gave them that minute they needed for all that they've given you, you know? Yeah. I knew so many people actually that were involved in this movie. It's actually crazy. And the more, the more the weeks pass, I like find more people that I knew that worked on it and it's, it's blowing my mind. So there's like, like 10 years ago, I worked on a trauma movie in New York and that had that girl, Katie Corcoran, who's in the first Terrifier. Mm -hmm. uh, she was in that, which that blew my mind when I first saw Terrifier. She's got like the greatest kill of the movie, you know, getting oh, yeah. vagina down crazy. And she uh, knows it too. And she, she knows wanted it, yeah. to do that. Oh yeah. She was like, I'm doing this. This is all people are going to be talking yeah. about. And she's right. And then this other girl that worked on Newcomb High, she posted on Facebook like a week ago that her husband wrote the Clown Cafe song. Oh, John like, and okay. Al Kaplan? It must be. Yeah, I don't know him. I know the girl, uh, Chelsea. Um, and then this uh, this guy that's like a Freddy impersonator, uh, Billy Efner. And I, mm -hmm. he looks like back home where I'm from. His son was in the movie. He plays like the, the kid in the football costume getting the, the mm -hmm. trick or treat candy from the head. Mm -hmm. Um and then, oh, and then this one, this one actress that used to be in a couple of my like short films back in the day, she's like, when you watch the party scene, you know how everybody's like 20 or 30 years old. There's mm -hmm. this one like 60 year old woman in there. that's just like <laughs> dancing exactly, around. I know yeah. exactly who you're talking about. Sherry, Sherry Fairchild. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it's just so bizarre. There's so many people.
And of course, David, um, he did the podcast a couple years back. You know, we love David. And then, um, yeah, I think that might be it. But yeah, I've met, I've, I've met David and Damien. You know, I have, I never mm-hmm. met you, but I've met a few of them. Um, really well, come to Monster cool. Mania and Oaks, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the convention rollout. I see there's there's a ton coming up. Yes. And that's, uh, is the Monster Mania next weekend? Monster Mania in Oaks, Pennsylvania is next weekend. And we have a ton of, a ton of dates lined up. It's going to be, uh, you're going to be wondering when we're going to have time to make a part three. Um, <laughs> but never fear. We get that shit done when we have to. Um, yeah, I know you guys yeah, man. rush it. There's no need. It would be a mistake. Um, yeah. Listen, if the horror, no matter how much everybody wants it like yesterday, and believe me, we we would want to make it yesterday if we could. Yeah. But if you see these movies that come out every year, you see that there's a problem, you know? Especially um, within the studio system. Yeah, you just, I mean, when the time is right and Art the Clown's ready to get his fucking garbage bag out, we have some pretty fucked up things planned. I'm so fucking ready. If you if you thought what we did in two was fucking bad, holy shit. We got two plans. is going to be tame compared to yeah man well no one said we'd be able to make a movie more violent than the original yeah (laughs) i thought you could no i could could definitely imagine him doing some crazier shit (laughs) dude we went through no exaggeration 20 gallons of blood in terrifier 2 20 wow 20 there was seven on the first one and we went through 20 on this one i would have even thought and, it would have been more you guys you guys really made it work with 20 that's crazy we had two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> blood was like oil to us Are you kidding you know yeah. like don't scoop it up off the floor yeah um, it, was, it was funny to hear the girl stuck to the floor yes casey what a trooper man she she was covered in so much fucking blood that she yeah. actually stuck to the floor there's something about those long kill scenes that make them so much better too. Cause it like, it almost turns comical, you know, you're, you're well, that's, it. that's just it. Yeah. Just that, that, that's a, that's a really good point because, you know, you look at movies like, like Saw and Hostel that are, are violent movies, but there's a difference between the violence in like Saw and Hostel than, than there is in Terrifier. And even though Terrifier is far bloodier. Yeah. Um, I think that's because we make every kill go 70 steps too far that uh, it becomes so absurd that you just got to start laughing, you yeah. know, and you, you almost feel weird. Like, should I be laughing about this? But Alex the Clown's so jovial. He's so happy about what he's doing. You know what I mean? That you just have to start laughing. And, you know, yeah. in the Saw or the Hostel movies, you see these kills in there impactful and brutal and you don't there's no feel good moment yeah. and terrifier is fucked up as they are there's always a punchline you know yeah even if the even if the punchline comes four minutes later when art the clown opens the door with a fucking woman's head in his hand <laughs> filled with lollipops there's a punchline you so know good. yeah it's 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 amazing man it, it's fuck you know we did it you know, yeah, all of us together, it. we fucking yeah. did this. You guys yeah. had such a good team, and that's what's so important. And that's why a movie like this worked, is because the team was good. Like you can't you can't have a great well cast movie with a shitty editor. It's not gonna work. 
You know, every, everything's got to come together. Come well, full circle. It's a it's a good thing we made Damien do everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about a one stop shop, dude? You want to talk about pure talent? This he works so hard. He, he works writes. So hard. He edits. He does all the effects work himself. Yeah. You know, and that's a big reason why we're able to do what we do on a on a budget like that. Yeah. You know, because he knows what he wants. He knows how to achieve the effect. I mean, I I would say every kill in the movie is 99.9% practical. I mean, of course, we use the visual effects guy, this guy named Josh Petrino to cover up things like, you know, a blood tube that would you could see on camera that we had to paint out of the scene yeah, or maybe put like that yeah or we put an actor's eye over a head so he's blinking while something really fucked up is happening so yeah there are visual effects in it but the bulk of the effect is 99.9 percent practical and what about that animatronic man that was wow. that was pretty cool that worked that was really effective dude you, you'd have no idea how heartbreaking it was for us to see people posting that online yeah you know because that is like the money shot of the movie that whole alley kill yeah. Is so fucking ridiculous on every level, and I would, and it's it's. I get that you're excited, and you want to share what you've seen, but when people are recording that on their phones in the theater and then just uploading it to like Instagram, so stop. It's you so know, stupid. yeah, just stop, man. Let you're ruining it for other people. What are you getting? Clicks? Yeah, a like, you know, and. But yeah, that fucking animatronic, man. No one expected that shit to come to life. And when yeah. it just did and said, Mom, holy <laughs> shit, the theater uh, went fucking crazy. You it know? Was it was perfect. Yeah, wow. it really was. It, I mean, it, it was... I wouldn't say perfect, I'd say damn close. Yeah. Um, This whole thing has been... The only thing perfect about this movie is the reaction from all of you we couldn't have asked for a better one you know that to us is perfection we see every little thing that's wrong with the movie when we watch it oh i'm sure yeah. and but the only thing i i will say is absolute perfection is how much you guys have just let go and let yourselves have fun to us that's the perfect part no absolutely do you think damien is is dead set focused on terrifier 3 as his like next picture or do you think he'll take a break to make something else before he returns um, I know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> I can't say the answer to that, but let, let's just say that when it's ready, it'll be ready, and you'll find out what's happening next. When, dude, we don't even know what's happening next. To be yeah, honest with you, you know, yeah, we have we didn't expect any of this shit. All, all sorts of people are calling us now. You know yeah. what I mean? And, but Terrifier 3 is very much in the cards. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed. It's, it's close to yeah. guaranteed, but I don't know when we're going to do it. I, like I said, I do think trying to rush it out for next Halloween would be a mistake. Yeah, let it breathe. Yeah, we'd give this movie a chance to find its legs. Yeah. You know, and to, ex people have fun you know it was a it was a long stretch between terrifier and terrifier too it's not gonna be that long if there's a third yeah. but this we need to fucking focus for a little while you know i mean yeah. our heads are just spinning and they have just continued spinning the entire time so yeah. 
but we got ideas and they're fucked up and that's good. <laughs> I want to see you get killed on that next one. Hey, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm brains, not beauty, but I'll take it. If, if there's a, if there's room for a little creepy corpse. I'll be first one getting killed, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's, what's cool too. It's like, you know, we did this fan campaign when we crowdfunded the movie and like so many of the crowdfunders got killed in the clown cafe scene, yeah. you know? So it's like all these people who are these, and that's another thing, the Art the Clown Appreciation Society on Facebook. I love those people. They're fucking incredible in everything they do and the way they love this franchise. And it's so cool that so many of them ended up getting killed in the Clown Cafe song. Dude, if I tell you everybody that I know has asked to die, everyone I know, they all want to die. It's amazing. amazing. Like, hey, can you kill me? What do you mean? <laughs> For real? Um, I don't know. Um, would you ever consider directing yourself? If the right situation presents itself, yes. Um, the only reason I have been successful is because I know when to shut the fuck up and listen. Um, if I don't know how to do something, I surround myself with people who do. And while they're doing what I know I can't, I am paying a lot of fucking attention because I want to learn. And that's one of the things George Romero taught me. He's like, Steve, there's going to be a time for you to to speak up and, and prove what you know. And there's going to be times where you got to take anything even remotely resembling an ego and put that shit to the side and just realize that you're a human and as a human, you're learning new things every day. Mm. Try to stay focused on that. So if the right thing presents itself and the right time comes, yeah, I, I would do it. Mm. You know, I, I can't say I don't think I would fail miserably if I tried right now. <laughs> but one day, yeah, I mean, I think I have enough cred and yeah, I, I think I have a good grasp on what people like and what they don't. And, you know, one day maybe. But right now, as far as I'm concerned, I'll keep making movies with Damien and Phil and everybody for the rest of my life and be totally happy and not care. Oh, you're in good hands with them. I got to be honest. Yeah, 100%. Um, speaking of George Romero, though, the other day I, I'm in New York, I caught <laughs> Dawn of the Dead in 3D. Did you get to oh see Oh, my it? God. No, I haven't gotten it. You see, it's here's so the good. thing. So I know, but my girlfriend can't see 3D movies because they make oh. her sick. Oh, man. Leave so her <laughs> it's, I know, I know. But it's, you know, it's funny, too. We only have one car. Yeah. Hi, still poor here. Um, we have one car, <laughs> right? And she's at work. And, you know, the only movie theater near me is AMC, and they don't have it. AMC yeah. near me had it. I just walked over there and checked it out. Yeah. But, you know, one day. I, I, I know it's going to keep coming around, but, yeah, I do really want to see that. Yeah, me and my buddy Peter, we caught it at a Regal, but it was actually at, at a mall. So we, we caught it in a mall in 3 nice. on Tom Savini's birthday. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking you perfect. hit the lotto, dude. Yeah, That's the 3D the is so good, too. It's really good 3D. I've heard. I've heard it's yeah. really impressive. I, I really want to I will one day. I'll get around to it. Yeah, I, I'm sure. You know, George's, yeah. George's movies are very personal to me. And, oh, yes. uh, he was a he was a huge part of my life. And, you know, how fucking lucky am I? You know, George Romero and Sid fucking Haig are the ones teaching me how to behave in this industry. 
what do I have? Six angels sitting on my fucking shoulder. But um, they they were both so integral in everything that I am and who I am and how I, the, the main thing they taught me more than anything is how to treat people yeah. and how to expect to be treated and know when you're not being treated right. Mm -hmm. And which was a perfect example with Dread Central, why I left, you know, I walked away from 18 years of my life because I didn't think I was being treated the way I should have been and afforded the respect I should have had. And good on you and, for that. Oh, you know, you got to do that, man. So I'm I'm the master at walking off a ledge, Kellen. I will walk <laughs> off a fucking ledge. I will walk I, off I, ledge. <laughs> I, I think the reason why I, I I will without hesitation walk off a ledge is because I think I've learned that you know bad times are gonna come, you know, and it's those times when you're flat on your ass when. You're just looking around and you're like, how the hell do I crawl out of this fucking hole? You know, and you're looking around and all you see are these enormous walls. It's those times, man, that's living. Being happy is easy. When you're happy, everything's easy. There's nothing to really worry about. But when you're down on your luck and you have to fight for everything that's going to happen next in your life, I've learned to embrace those moments so tightly because they're the most exciting because it's those moments in your life that are going to decide who you become and, and dictate your character. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the bad times, bad times come, revel in that shit, embrace it, because that's the time you have in your life to make the most important decisions you're ever going to make. And while that may sound scary, if you take the high road, which is usually the longest fucking one, mm -hmm. when you get to the reward that you've been hoping for, it's so fucking sweet. And you know all about your your personal value and your worth too. And you knew you were, yeah. you were worth more. So kudos yeah. to you for doing that. Thank you. Um, and I know you joined the George A. Romero uh, Foundation as the guest yes. relations manager a few years back. Is that something you're still actively a part of? <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, listen, if it, if it comes to George, I, I, I am a part of it. He is a part of me, you know? So anytime they need anything, I'm always the first one there to make sure they get it. Um, how'd you enjoy working for Fangoria as their message board moderator? Dude, that's how I got into this fucking show. You did your homework, sir. Of course, I do every time. Um, uh, it, it's really funny. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm four years old. And uh, my girl at the time, she had bought me this roaring jurassic park cage which was essentially a fucking hollow piece of cardboard that you pressed a button and it went rawr right and the dude who she bought it from on ebay ended up living down the street from me so instead of mailing it he said hey about i just walk it over and when he walked it over it was tony timpone from fangoria so i'm like you're fucking tony right and he's like yeah and we became fast friends and he gave me my my fucking entrance into this business you know he let me work for free for fangoria and i did that shit for four or five years and i didn't give a shit that i wasn't getting paid you know i was working for fangoria to me that's living the dream you know and that led me to the horror panel which i have nothing but mm, about them and uh then that eventually led me to dread central so i loved every second that i i worked for fangoria I, I loved it. And I will say as much as I don't like talking about the horror channel days, that's when I had, 
that that's when I met George and I met Sid and I got to start forging those relationships, which I was lucky enough to carry with me into Dread Central. Mm. And uh, I'm, dude, no one on the planet knows how lucky I am more than I do, mm. you know? And when I started Dread Central, I'll be honest with you, it was eight years before I made a dime. You know, I was working for free, essentially. That was, I was working at a GameStop, you know, because I'm a gamer and I figured I might as well be around something I like if I have to do retail. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would I would wake up at four in the morning and I would update the site for the East Coast. And then I would go to work at like nine o'clock and work until like three or four and come home and update the site till four in the morning again. And I would sleep like fucking five hours and rinse, repeat and do it every fucking day. And even though Dread Central started becoming a valuable and viable entity, to me, it was more important to pay the staff than myself because I was the one steering the ship. So being that the staff and all the writers there were the ones really helping to lift the profile of the site. You know, anytime you're the owner of everything, you're the last to get paid. And I didn't start making any money for Dread Central until about eight years in. And I'm fine with that. You know, listen, I still live check to check. Yeah. You know, even now, you know, it, it is what it is, man. To me, success isn't measured by your bank account. It's measured by whether or not when you can go to bed and you put your head on your pillow, can you say to yourself, I did everything today to the best of my ability. And if that answer is yes, then you're a success. 100%. How'd you like growing up in New York in the 70s? Fucking amazing. Um, Dude, I'm, I'm like a Neanderthal, dude. I'm politically incorrect i'm you never know what the fuck i'm gonna say i curse like a sailor 24 (laughs) hours a day um but you know what the best thing about growing up in new york the absolute best thing was being that there are so many people there that i never really cared or i never really drew lines between what race anybody was or what their sexual preference was never gave a shit to me there's still only two types of people you're either an asshole or you're not you know and being that new york was such a melting pot i had a lot of friends i'll you'll never hear me say i have black friends or i have puerto rican friends or i have gay friends no i have friends you don't need to label them to, to fucking call them a friend. If, if they're your friend, it doesn't matter what they are. Exactly. You know, all it matters is who they are, how you treat them and how you treat and how they treat you. Yeah. You know, so growing up in New York, I, I really got to experience that. And I, I, you know, I never looked at anybody. I still don't. I never will. I don't give a fuck what color somebody is. I don't care what their sexual preference is. I don't care if you want to go fuck a toaster. You go fuck that toaster. You go fuck you know that what I mean? toaster. <laughs> if it makes you happy, fuck that toaster, dude. I don't give a shit. As long as you treat me with respect, I will treat you with respect. I am fucking Switzerland. I love everybody. You know what I, I mean? I identify as a toaster fucker. <laughs> hey, man, more power to you, dude. Whatever. I, it's cool with me. I don't give a shit. You know, I don't got to fuck the toaster. <laughs> there's got to be some somebody out there with that fetish though <laughs> hey man it, it must be kind of dangerous i applaud their their fucking gumption it's got to yeah. be kind of a little weird 
Uh, you were actually a, a paranormal investigator at one point. What was that oh like? Oh my God. Uh, you know what? That's like I'm 40 years old and running around in the woods looking for ghosts. Some <laughs> adult I am. Uh, Did you ever find any? You know, I have, I've made a practice of living my life where I just keep throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. So anytime I have a mild interest in anything, I go all in. So of course, I, I mean, I'm a horror guy. Of course, I love paranormal activity and shit like that so yeah i figured you know what i could study this shit and i could learn this and i could do this so i did it for four years and um did i find anything yes and no i mean i i think as my experience with that first of all all that equipment that people use it's all bulk, you know, okay? oh of course the best piece of ghost hunting equipment is your body when you walk into a place if a if something is truly fucked up or haunted for lack of a better term you'll feel that energy there you know and you once you feel that then you can start responding to it and yeah i've gotten some really weird shit on evps i've gotten some really i've seen some weird shit i got pictures of really weird shit that i can't explain do i think it's ghosts yeah i'm not gonna say it's a ghost i'm gonna say <laughs> i don't know what that is yeah you know and you know I, I think as a paranormal investigator it's part of your job is 90 percent listening to people and 10 percent experiencing it you know so it's not up to you to say to somebody that they they they're full of shit or not it, you know i'm sure everyone surely believes everything that they say is going on in them but you know i did one of my favorite things i did as a paranormal investigator is i lied to get into the amityville house i did that shit you better did fucking you? believe i did oh, I, oh fuck, yeah my God. I did, dude no it way you've been in there Dude, it was for sale, and I was a prospective buyer. I walked right the fuck in that door. I'm like, I want to do everything. Felt not a thing. Nothing did I feel in that house. But on I was that, happy to have gotten into it. On, on that same road trip I did a couple months ago, I actually went to the Amityville house at like 3 in the morning. And then I slept in a Walmart and <laughs> in like a Walmart parking lot that night, like right, right up the street. <laughs> you know, it's funny growing up in New York, going to Amityville was like a really cool thing to do. Yeah. And uh, the first time I went is back when I was 17 years old and we were really high and drunk in the schoolyard hanging out. <laughs> and we were like, hey, dude, let's go to the fucking Amityville house. So we all got in the car and we drove an That's hour fine. and a half. Yeah, we drove an hour and a half, and then we realized that when we got there, there wasn't going to be, like, a sign that said haunted house this way, and we ended up just turning the fuck around and going back home. Complete oh, failure. But, <laughs> but I actually got to be in an Amityville movie later on in my career, so that uh, Amityville Murders. Oh, cool. I'll check that out. Yes, so that was actually pretty cool. That's actually a good movie. Not just because I'm in it. I could have had a bigger part. But no, I'm only kidding. It's, it's a cool movie, man. Um, and I know you snuck into movies a lot as a kid. Are there any oh, notable movies you yes. snuck into? My favorite thing that I snuck into was a double feature back in the days when they had double features. There was this theater in Brooklyn called the Kingsway on Kings Highway. And like, I think like three or four times a year, especially around October, they'd have double features. And my favorite fucking double feature i ever snuck into was a was a double feature of mother's day and dawn of the dead oh, perfect 
greatest fucking day of my life, dude. It was fucking amazing. I was like, this is, and you know, it, it was then too. It was like, this is, these are the things I want to do with my life. You know, when I was growing up, you know, I, I wasn't your typical kid. You know, I didn't have like sports figures or fucking cars or even women, posters of women on my walls. Right. I had fucking Pumpkinhead and Reverend yeah. Kane and the tall man and Freddy Krueger and Leatherface. And, um, you know, my mom said to me one time, she said, you know, you may want to start getting into some other stuff. She goes, because I don't think you're ever going to be able to do anything with this. And um, that's the thing in this industry. If you're really going to do this. Got to commit. If it, there is no plan B. If you're thinking of, okay, what am I going to do if this fails and I, you have a plan B set up? You probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's sad to say, but you got to give your heart, your soul, your time, and everything that you are, and put it into your career. This is something you really want to do, dude. I I've been at this twenty seven years. I'm fifty now, and I finally did something that was mega successful. Yeah. You know, so it takes. It's a long road, and a lot of those roads, a lot of the. A lot of my partners who I, were with, who I was with, they were like, you know, how long am I supposed to wait for this to be successful? And, you know, they're right. How long are you supposed to wait? But this is what I do. And if this is what's in you and this is what you want to do, you have to realize that this is a really rough road. There are no fucking easy ways to do it. There's no such thing as a shortcut. And you got to put in the work and you got to put in the time and you got to learn to accept people saying no to you 24 hours a day. Because once that one person says yes and you get that one opportunity, you'll never think about the millions of no's you got again. It's like, boom, you're in and you can start working and it's great. How important has like networking and making connections played a role in advancing your career? I'm no good at talking to people, as you could see. I'm very demure, very quiet. Uh, uh, it's been everything. Um, here's a secret. I don't like people. I really don't. People suck. I like animals. Animals never try to hurt you. They yeah. love you unconditionally, and people are always trying to fuck you. But um, it is a 110% boon for you to be to have good people skills in this industry and twofold one you have to remain true to yourself and be very honest with yourself and very honest with everybody and two accept the fact that you're going to meet people who are going to fucking not going to give a shit about you and they're going to be assholes and you can't get mad at that. When someone you're talking to proves that they're they're an asshole, that's the best gift they could give you because then you know exactly how much time you have to spend paying attention to them. You know what I mean? So when you come across an asshole, thank you, God, for being a dick. Move yeah, on true. and find someone else. You don't have to waste your time with that person anymore. So true. But it is a hundred percent. 110% part of business is being able to be personable and communicate. But I, I, I think, again, 
that all, all boils down to knowing when to listen as well. You know, that is the most important thing I've been taught by George, by Sid. The, the most valuable advice they ever gave me was to tell me to shut the fuck up and listen, yeah, you know, cool. because there are people around you who can give you wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes when you know something, you know, back forward and sideways, you can't even give away what you know, what you know about it because no one wants to listen. Mm-hmm. So always listen, learn to communicate, never fucking lie, dude. Yeah. You're, you're better off telling somebody the most hurtful shit if it's the way you feel about that it's all in your phrasing you know tell them reasons why you don't like this or reasons why this ain't your bag or whatever but never never blow smoke up anyone's ass and never let anyone blow smoke up yours always be honest and always when when you're hit with a situation that you really don't know what to do with, ask for advice, go to somebody, right. read up on it. You know, what should I do? Really think about it and always make the decision that you feel is the best one for you. Uh, be true to yourself. And you know what? Sometimes, even if you thought it out the best, you're still going to make the wrong decision. But you know what? That's cool too, as long as you learn from that. You know what I mean? I Everything you do... Way. Yeah, everything you do is going to go toward making you better. So make your mistakes. Everyone's going to make them. You know, try to be as thoughtful as you can. Try to respect everyone around you until you're the one getting disrespected. You know, then you move on. Hey, even when someone says, hey, I don't like Terrifier 2 or I don't like this, my answer is always the same. Thank you for checking it out. Maybe I'll get you next time. That's all it is. You don't have to sit there and take offense to it because you know what? You have a lot of power over yourself. You know what I mean? And when someone says something to you that you don't like, it's up to you to decide how much you're going to let that affect yourself. Yeah. You know, so just be like, someone don't like you, don't like what you're doing, pissed off. They say some untoward shit to you. Whatever, man. Move on. Thank you for being an asshole again. You can't always please everyone. You know, that's you're never gonna, never gonna. And there's people that literally go out of their way to hate on things, by the way. Yeah, terrifier too. There's always that one person, dude. I could, I know for a fact that I could resurrect George from the dead and he'd be pissed, but he'd do it. I know I could resurrect him. And yeah. bring them to somebody's house and have them perform Night of the Living Dead and pantomime for them, and somebody will have an issue with it. Oh, I know it, yeah. you know, absolutely. So it's you're never going to please everybody. So you you can't even try. The only thing you could try to do is what you perceive to be the right thing, and always try to make as educated a guess as to what that could be as possible. Yeah, the only person you need to please is yourself. At the end of the day, yeah, absolutely. What do you miss the most about interviewing other people? Um, I love talking to people, man. I I love learning about people. I I, I miss the instant connection, the mystery of it, whether or not you're going to connect with that person. You know, that's what I miss the most. And luckily, even though I'm not in that particular area of the business anymore, I've stayed well within the business. So I still have these opportunities to meet these people I always wanted to talk to or meet somebody new, but it, it's not, it's not 
I guess it's better in a way because it's more personal now because I'm meeting them for personal reasons as opposed to I have to interview somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. I have a really fun speed round I do at the end where I just ask a bunch of bullshit questions and you give me your best answer. Okay. All right. What's your favorite kill in Terrifier 2? Kaylee. Kaylee Hyman as Brooke. I, I love that kill. Yeah. I just... I, I love her acting in it. I love I love the way she plays the part. I love the chase scene leading up to the part. I love that we finally got to pay off art taking the acid. Yes. Um, I just love her character. I, I love her character to pieces. If I, I mean, I love her kill the most, but my favorite moment during a kill is when art grabs the salt and bleach. Yeah. That's just the, the oh, greatest just thing back into the room. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she yeah, was brilliant. I wish more people were, were talking about her and highlighting her because I think she was one of the best. Like, personally, yeah. I loved her. Mm -hmm. Favorite horror movie? Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Figured. Uh, grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Ooh. <laughs> I really like them both, but I think I'm going to have to lean strawberry. Okay. Because strawberry gets those little bits of fruit in it. Good, whereas grape jelly is just that kind is of gelatinous i get that little bit of makes me feel like i'm actually eating something sort of good for me yeah you're like Ooh. <laughs> uh guilty pleasure horror movie <laughs> oh god um this fucking many i know oh my lord you know what and i i know it's fucking terrible <laughs> on every conceivable level troll two. but there no not troll two uh <laughs> but yeah troll two <laughs> there's a movie there's a movie that came out with ben kingsley called a sound of thunder okay and it is the worst made monster movie i've ever seen <laughs> but the reason why it's such a guilty pleasure is because it came out in the 2000s and it features scenes with people clearly walking in place against green screen. And it's just, this movie does everything wrong. And it does everything so wrong to the degree that I admire it. Because yeah. they actually went really far to make this movie. And it's terrible in the yeah. best ways possible. And I know no one has ever said to you a sound of under before. Yeah, I was just looking. The letterbox uh, rating is very low. I'm, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's so much fun. It's it's awful on every level, but I just can't help but watch it. It makes me laugh every time. I had an experience recently, about a month ago, during Beyond Fest. I saw a movie that actually, like, I don't know if you've ever laughed so hard that you're, you were in thriving pain. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, this, this was, like, to the point where I thought I was going to die. Um, and I noticed going through your IMDb that you, I don't know if you produced, but you were like a part of one of the last entries. So Birdemic 3. Oh, God. Dear yeah. fucking God. I, I have never in my entire life laughed. Yeah. Uncomfortably laughed, like in my entire life. Yeah, I did nothing on Birdemic 3. I did nothing on Birdemic 2. I don't even know okay. why I'm in the credits. That's what I was wondering. But IMDB is such a weird thing because sometimes I'll go there to find out what I'm associated with. I, I don't yeah. know what's going on there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had nothing to do with those two. And you know, it's funny. The main credit I have or I'm known for is this movie called Seven from Etheria. And okay. literally all the only thing I really did on that was I made like three phone calls and put two people together. 
Yeah. And uh, it's like known for. And I'm like, really? That's like the thing I did the least on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But man, like if you if you get the chance to see that with an audience, I mean, it, I don't know. It was it was like a it was like a circumstance kind of situation, though. We were sitting like right near the entire cast. Like the director was there. He praises the movie as if it's like a Scorsese picture. I mean, I have never in my life laughed that hard during a movie. And I I, I give praise to them because, yeah, it's it's awful. But it's like it's it's like that perfect level of awful that you get with like Troll 2 or The Room. And those, you know, make you laugh hysterically. And I remember dying during the room, but like this, this was like times 10. I mean, Dude, I, laugh I love a, I love a bad movie. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was, truly love a bad movie. Bad movies make me so happy. It's the best. And then um, I also saw this movie Deadstream. I don't know if you saw that. It's on Shudder. Uh, I love Deadstream. Fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. it, it's like, it's like if Evil Dead was filmed with GoPros. Yeah. And that was, that yeah. was yeah um yeah big seen, fan of deadstream have you seen anything else recently uh no but there's a movie speaking of bad movies i i have to watch just because of the premise alone is enough to make me go okay this is something i must watch i have two for you okay one is a movie called aqua slash okay i'm gonna have this <laughs> okay aqua slash is is predicated on one scene and the one scene when you see it is one of the goriest things i've ever seen and it's also one of the funniest things i've ever seen the movie is terrible yeah so i know fast you're forward, the water park okay one. oh my fucking god and that i i love that movie i fast forward to that one scene all the time just to watch it <laughs> Because it's literally one of the funniest like ten minutes I've ever spent on watching a movie. Yeah. But um, the next movie I want to watch that it, just because the synopsis alone has me at hello, <laughs> is a movie called Hex. Hex. And Hex, Hex is about from what I gather, a satanic ritual that takes place during a skydive. Is this from nineteen eighty or seventy three? No, this no, this is brand new. It's like so many hexes. Let's see. I know. It, it no, it's 2022. Oh, I see. I, I just I, I can't not watch this movie. I have no idea whether it's good or not. Yes. I don't <laughs> care if it's good or not. All I know is there's some satanic shit happening during skydiving. Yeah. And I can't fucking imagine what that must be like. So I have to watch it. it it's like incredible. you know, it's funny. That is like on the top of my watch list just because <laughs> it's so absurd. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the mean-spirited horror movies. I got to be honest. There's a movie that is actually universally hated. Uh, it's Return to Sleepaway Camp. And let oh, me I love that movie. That is one of the funniest sequels I've ever seen. I mean, that's... Oh, it's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. And nobody mm -hmm. seems to understand. Like, I gatekeep that movie. It's the, the best. Yeah, it, it's terrible, but it's awesome. Yeah. Your ass stinks. <laughs> Dude, if you want... You know what the funniest thing about Sleepaway Camp is? The original is if you watch that movie now through today's modern eyes, they yeah. could never have gotten away with making that movie. Oh, no. In this day and age. Not like, even close. Never even a little bit. That movie is that so, <laughs> so politically incorrect in every single way. It's it was. glorious. <laughs> um, who, would, who would win in a fight, Art or Pennywise? You know, it's funny. Uh, Every few days or so, there's like this weird debate 
about art versus Pennywise. And today was another one. And my answer is always, I, I'd like to think they'd be friends because I, I think they have a lot in common. Yeah. And this one person today, I think her name was Victoria. I'm not positive what her name was, but she wrote, of course they'd be friends. I don't think clowns hate each other or else why would they all try to cram into that really little car? And I'm like, okay, you've won the internet today, my dear. Thank That's you, perfect. because that made me laugh. <laughs> so, I mean, again, if I had to pick who I think in all actuality, yeah. demons trump aliens all the time, dude. Sorry. Yeah. If you're demonic, yeah. like art clearly is, and Pennywise is, I guess, an alien from another plane or whatever, fucking turtle, whatever. If you read the book, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know. I think I got to go home team. I think my boy Art got it. Yeah. I think he would do some vile, wicked things to Pennywise. He's unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's something in everyday life that actually scares you? People. Yeah. 110% people all the time, dude. You know what? We live in a world where we watch these movies that are completely fictitious that everybody freaks the fuck out over. Yeah. But then we have real people in this world who do things way worse than anyone ever could conjure. No filmmaker could even dream of coming up with some of the shit that actual people have done. Yeah. So... I'll take on ghosts and run around in the dark like a true adult at 40 <laughs> uh, over dealing with people at any given moment. People are the most scariest things in, in the world, dude. You know, it's something scary that's happened to me a few times. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? Oh, yeah. Twice. Oh. Yep, same. That's, that's what actually, that's what launched me into going down the paranormal investigator hole because I wanted yeah. to understand what that was. So that happened to me twice. And the it's the time. weirdest fucking feeling in the world. It is. The first time it's that like, happened. Is to say what you're saying, sir? I, it's like, I don't even know. It's like you feel like someone just dropped a building on you. Yeah, lifeless. And you can't, you, you can't scream. You can't move. You can't yeah. make a noise. Actually, Rodney Asher did a really good uh, documentary about that called The Nightmare. If you've never seen that, I highly I recommend that. it. That was it's good. good stuff. Yeah, I, I had it the first time on a road trip, I think, with my dad. I just remember I woke up in the car and, like, obviously, like you said, I couldn't move. But that just freaked me out because it lasts, like, a minute, but it feels like forever, you know? Yeah. You can, like, move your finger. You can, like, twiddle your finger maybe. But uh, the second time I had it, like, in the nightmare where I was it, – it usually it happens if you're on your back, you know? Mm -hmm. The second time I was actually on the, my side, which is weird. Um, and Both I, times it happened to me, I was on my stomach. On your stomach. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Well, that's actually kind of fortunate because you don't see the uh, the figures. Because I saw the figure oh. on the second time. I I literally was laying there and I looked towards like the the hall. There's like a hallway that leads into my mm -hmm. room kind of thing. And I saw like a fucking dark figure that just like made its way towards me. And by the time it yeah. gets, kind of just like snap out of it. But yes. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't. I my whole thing was I was on my stomach and my head was turned to my side and I couldn't move my head. Yeah. I couldn't move any part of it. And I, I would feel like the pressure coming up from my legs, yeah, like slowly creeping up my back and holding me down. It was fucking <laughs> disturbing. It's and the worst. It takes a while to get over it, too. I mean, you're yeah. good five or ten minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's see here. What's your favorite video game? 
man, now you're opening up a can of worms. Um, <laughs> you got one. If I, if I had my favorite video game of all time, I would say is Outlast. Okay. Because that, that game scared the fuck out of me when I was watching it. That was like such an unnerving video game experience and one that I, I loved because you're unarmed and you're, you essentially have to stealth your way through the whole game. Yeah. While all this really fucked up shit is going on and that game gets really fucked up. It does. So I loved Outlast. But if I had to say what my favorite video game franchise is, it's easy. It's Mortal Kombat. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I've I... been playing Mortal Kombat since the first one. Uh, I won two tournaments. I even liked that movie that came out. That was pretty fun. I didn't mind it. Yeah. It I, I like a couple. Of, I like the original movie the best. Oh, yeah. The Paul W.S. Anderson one. Definitely. I don't know what happened to his filmmaking career after that. But, um, you know, it, it Mortal Kombat's a very personal thing to me because this is something... I always played with my friends. So whenever I get a new Mortal Kombat game, it's like putting on a comfy sweater, you know, yeah. or an old pair of sweatpants and somebody just brought you a pizza. You know, to me, <laughs> that's what, what Mortal Kombat is. It's just like sliding into the most familiar zone of my life because I played that shit for, I don't even know how many hours at a time, but it was a long time I played Mortal Kombat for. And I still do. And now that they have, you know, guest characters like Freddy, Jason, Rambo, so the cool. alien predator, I, I eat that shit up. But I'm also trying to fucking convince them dead by daylight people that fucking Art the Clown has That's... a goddamn place in their game, you know? Please. And they 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 just I don't know. They don't they I've written them. I've fucking I've done it privately, not just online. Yeah. That hey, you know, we're really interested because we we're big gamers. We think, you know, art would be an asset to this. Yeah, you know, and because you think about the character and the style of gameplay, and he would work. And um, they just either no interest or just don't want to call me back or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Doors open, guys. We'd love to put him in. Yeah, maybe once he's officially a horror icon by everybody's standards, then yeah, maybe. You know, <laughs> you would think the Oscar buzz would hold a little sway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who don't see this podcast, you yeah. know that I'm being completely facetious when I say yeah. Oscar buzz. Okay. Yeah, um, you strike me as we have no shot. We, we know we're not winning no Oscar. That's fucking yeah. stupid. The buzz is, is enough, though. That's, that's all we need. <laughs> um, it's already being that somebody from the Academy has to sit down and watch even five minutes of Terrifier is a win. It's hilarious. You know, it's yeah. a win. Fuck it. Fuck them. Watch this shit. Yeah. Um, you strike me as somebody that likes Turok. Yes, Dinosaur Hunter. You put dinosaurs in anything, I will play it or watch it or anything. Because Godzilla yeah. is a big part of my life, too. Yeah. You know something else like freaky that happened to me actually like a week and a half ago I was going to mention? Um, right when I got to New York, I went to my dad's house. He was in Florida for a couple more days. So I was by myself. And I went inside. And I swear to God, like right as I entered, I heard somebody cough. Like mm. I heard, like I heard. Oh. I'm like, what the fuck? There's nobody here. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what? You know what show I love that does really cool shit like that what? is uh, it's on it's on Discovery Plus. It's Paranormal Caught on Camera. Okay, I'm such a sucker for that show. I love it's that because it, it just shows people who just captured shit on their cameras. And also, one of my good friends is Zach Bagans, who does Ghost Adventures. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, he's a really cool guy. You know, he gets a lot of people think, oh, Zach, the douche, the nicest guy you could ever meet. Yeah. He is so good. I have literally seen him take off his shirt and sell it at a fucking at a fucking auction to you know give money for animals. So he's awesome. he's the nicest fucking guy in, in the world. Oh, what's your favorite punk band? Hmm. Dead boys. Cool. And it's one that not a, not a lot of people know of, but when Sonic Reducer hits, that shit slaps. <laughs> Hell yeah. So that's all I'm gonna say. Best sequel. Besides Terrifier 2, of course. <laughs> Exorcist 3. Fun one. I love I love Exorcist 3. Um I've actually watched Exorcist 3 about as many times as I've watched Exorcist the Exorcist. It's wow. It's one of those movies that, to me, it's it's perfection in a lot of ways. And it does have a couple of flaws here and there, like how the fuck did nobody notice there's a headless statue of Christ in yeah. the fucking hospital? But, you know, it it, it does... I, I think what Exorcist 3 does so right for me is I'm a sucker for good sound design. Yeah. And that movie has incredible sound design, just the yeah. creaking and the growling, just... All sorts of subtle auditory cues. I love that movie. And plus, yeah. George C. Scott, man, just fucking that carp speech is the greatest thing ever put the film. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sound design adds so much to a movie. It's really important. Oh yeah. You know, one hundred percent. I got to visit the uh the original Exorcist stairs a couple months back and I, I re, I've re done that. like the spot and I, I re uh what do you call it? Redid the the scene where the guy like is on the ground laid down dead oh you didn't you didn't hurl yourself down the stairs no I, I was gonna fully commit I was gonna <laughs> that's a fucking huge staircase you really would that's a, dude walking up that staircase is no joke it's a bitch <laughs> it's a bitch and they have people i think it what is the navy that are over there that run up and down those stairs all day Fuck yeah that, dude. i mean i i have such respect for the armed forces because if you woke me up at seven in the morning and told me to go do that like there's no way i have that kind of discipline none yeah. I went, uh, I think this was like last year, I did uh, the incline in Colorado. That's mm. like a million steps. Like that's, now that's intense. It takes 40, nope. it took me 45 minutes and I was going fast. Dude, I used to weigh 400 pounds and I, I, I walk to this day, 10 miles a day every morning. No way. It takes, it takes three hours because I like eating pizza and I'm back in New York now. So I want to eat pizza. So now Simply I really got to walk. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I lost 200 pounds just walking and just counting calories. That's all I did. This is actually one of the questions in here, but what's your, your favorite pizza in New York? Oh, my God. There's some great ones. For fuck's sake. If I had, it's not New York proper, okay. but my favorite pizza is in Brooklyn. Okay. And it's a place called L&B Spumoni Gardens. Okay. Which makes the best square pies I have ever had in my life. It's like eating air. It's like, yeah. I don't even, I can't even explain it. It's, it's so good. It's like, a, I had, when I was in California, I had one of my friends fly me out a pizza. Okay. I'm not even joking. And I met him at the airport. It was like a fucking drug deal. Like, yo, let me get the pizza, man. Yeah. Open up that fucking box. No dude. Way. That was the fuck. Oh, dude, I love LB pizza. It is the greatest pizza on the fucking planet. There's another good one in Brooklyn called Luke Ali. That's a good mm -hmm. one. 
Mm-hmm. I like Scars Pizza. I can't remember where mm-hmm. that is. Scars is good. And then John, obviously John's on Bleecker Street. There's there's a million. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as bad pizza in New York. There's really not. Yeah, except for Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's like the McDonald's of pizza. So you kind of get what you, yeah, you're getting what you're signing up for. I'm gonna go get me a New York slice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, best horror director, but I'm sure it's Romero, right? Judge Romero. Yeah. He taught me. I learned. I came from a dysfunctional family circus. My dad was an alcoholic, yeah. and my mom worked all day, so she would leave me with that fucking monster who would kick my ass every day mm-hmm. for like 14 years until I was old enough to fight back, yeah. and um. I learned all my moral values from watching George Romero movies. Mm-hmm. So he's the most impactful director to me ever. And the fact that I got to tell him all that and share all the fucking stories and get really drunk with him lots of times has been such an amazing gift for me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you had to go through all that. Nobody deserves that. I'm not, man. You know, listen, um, I, I thank you for saying that, but everything that happened to me it all made me who I am and I'm, I'm, I like me, you know? So how you do, how you internalize your pain and the shit you go through, it all goes back to what I was saying about when you're on your ass and you have to figure out what the best way out is, you know? I, I chose to not let that shit define me and rise above it. And I did. And all the pain that I went through and all, all the suffering and god damn there's a lot and there wasn't and my story isn't unique at all mm-hmm. everyone has been through their own shit and ringer mm-hmm. but um it's been it's all contributed to helping me become who i am and i know i'm a good person yeah. because i try every fucking day to be a good person i actively try that you know <laughs> i may not always win but i try and i think that's what counts so i i, I I don't hold, I wouldn't change a thing. If I, if I could change everything in my life, I wouldn't change a single thing. Everything that happened, everything that was good, everything that was awful, I would not change a thing. And that's a great mindset to have. I can't tell you the amount of people I, I know that hold grudges and, you know, just, just keep thinking about shit that happened to them when they were like five years old. And it's like, you got to move on. You'll never move on. Yeah, like, dude. You, can't, you know, you, you, you can't walk, you can't walk fast until you put down your baggage, man. Exactly. You can carry that shit around all you want, but ultimately it's it's up to you to decide how long you're going to carry that shit for. Yeah, you need a, you need a healthy mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite food? Pizza. Yeah, that's a good one. No question. <laughs> yeah. Pizza or Chinese food? I love Chinese oh, food. I ain't gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, me too. Um, what's a movie that made you sick? You know, I don't think a movie's ever made me sick. Yeah. Uh, I'm the guy that I eat spaghetti watching Faces of Death. I don't care. <laughs> you know i it just i I don't think i've ever maybe i was a little motion sick during cloverfield but it wasn't because it was disgusting it was just the filmmaking technique was all over the place i'll tell you i was like sitting too close to it a new movie that made me motion sick but was a fucking amazing movie one of my favorites of the year is triangle of sadness yes good movie dude Oh, yes. Great. That that made Good me sick with the boat and like the fucking camera going like this for an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can tell you what it's not. Uh, it's definitely not those 
fucking candy corns. Really? I fucking hate those things, dude. Candy corn? Oh, they're so gross. Um, I kind of like those like mellow cream pumpkins, though. I, I can have a couple of those. They're okay. Candy corn, though, I fucking hate. Really? You know, I'm I'm pretty simple. You know what I really like? I just like I just like Hershey's chocolate, man, with almonds. I love oh, that shit. Dude. Yeah, dude, I love those. That's like my crackhead food, man. I'll eat <laughs> that shit all day. Dude, you know, you know Ken Ken Foray. Oh, very well. Somebody told me back like the, at the first convention I ever went to when I was like a kid. Um, right before I went, this guy was like, "Yo, Ken is obsessed with peanut M and M's." He is. And naturally, I was like, "I'm gonna go get some peanut M and M's. I'm gonna give them to Ken." <laughs> And he lost his shit. Like he ripped them out of my hands. The moment I showed him to him, I was mm-hmm. like, "Like, hey, check this out." And he he ripped them out of my hands, and he threw like half of them to Bill Mosley. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know who cool. else was obsessed with peanut M and M's? Was George? Was he really? Yes. Wow. When was he a- was at his con- when he was at his conventions, I would I would um, there'd be a bottle under the table. Yeah. And like two or three times a day, I would stop by and make sure he had enough M and M's. Oh, that's cool yeah um what's the best film of the year so far for you Mm. wow uh another one that's easy to say what it's not um (laughs) um thanks (laughs) you know what i i don't i don't want to I don't want it, to it's it's hard for me to say now but um i really dug barbarian man i, I like bar i think barbarian and the sadness were my two favorite movies of the year okay for sure i love the sadness the sadness was fucking great i don't think i saw that one yet is that oh, i think it's on shutter dude see it it's okay really yeah i'm actually i was gonna get a ruku later tonight so i'm gonna i'm gonna see that then um you see the northman I did see the Northman. Love the Northman. You know, I'm not. I'm not big on. I mean, that was a really weird movie. It wasn't. Was that a twenty four? I can't remember. Actually, I think it might have been. I'm, I'm not positive. I think it was. I, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just. I'm not big on Robert Eggers. Believe it or not. Yeah. I just. You know. I mean. I get it. I know why people like. Yeah. His movies. It's just. I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm the terrifier guy. You yeah, know? no, for sure. I, 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 I like my meat and potatoes. You don't have to dress it up for me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Northman was miles better than Lighthouse, though. That that was a bit much. You I know, understand what Willem Dafoe was saying for shit. Well, yeah. I mean, that was that was like, yeah, that was definitely an issue. It, I don't know. I just, I get bored yeah. with artsy horror and artsy yeah. movies in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, I don't know. I mean, and I'm not saying they're bad. It's just they're not for me, you know. Um, I I like I like being entertained. You know what I mean? I want. I go to the, like I don't understand. Like I had I was with this one girl for years who used to love going to see movies that would make her cry. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not spending fucking twenty dollars to go sit in the theater and weep. I don't <laughs> want to do that. I, I could stay home and cry. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. I actually just got to see Bones and All. That was very good. I haven't seen that yet. That's that's coming out in like two weeks, but we saw like an advanced. Um, that looks re- that was really good. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. And then, uh, what's your favorite place to visit? Uh, 
The Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Oh, love it. I could get, there was, I used to live in California for 20 years. Yeah. And every time the state would go on fire, which is often, yeah, uh, I'd go to Disney World, you know what I mean? Or Disneyland or whichever one was fucking there. I don't know. I I just know that they had the It's a Small World place, which I would avoid like the plague because that song would drive me nuts. Oh, yeah. Um, But anytime California was on fire, I would go to Disney and I would go immediately to the Haunted Mansion ride because there was nobody there because the state was on fire. Yeah. And I would just ride it like one time after the other, after the other. I I just love visiting the Haunted Mansion ride. It's my favorite attraction at any park i've ever been to really it's just something about it it captures all of that it 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 tickles all of my childlike happy buttons yeah like from the elevator where you're going down but you're not really going anywhere all that stuff i just love it so much it's so good all right final two biggest regret wow my biggest regret, if I had to pick any regret, and I hate to get deep, but yeah. this is kind of a deepy kind of question. My biggest regret was my mom died when I was 17. And the night before she died, I had a huge argument with her. Mm-hmm. And I never got to say I was sorry. So that's my biggest regret. What are you most proud of? This. I am most proud of what the team has done with Terrifier 2. Um, I'm proud of it on so many levels. I'm proud of it from what we made. I'm proud of it from what it represents, what it means to people, what it's done for people. I'm proud of my fan base, this horror genre, which I have bled sweat and fucking cried for over the years to see everyone come together for something that I had a part in. I I couldn't be more proud. And I've done some, I mean, I produced never sleep again, the Elm street legacy. I it was great. I was, I, in jo- that. I was in Romero's last zombie movie as a zombie. Yeah. I worked with Adam with the hatchet army. I created one of the biggest websites for horror on the internet and this this i am hands down the most proud of it's easily my biggest accomplishment to finally be a part of something with a group of people whom i love who love me back who we both we all respect each other and to see the positivity surrounding this particular movie and this this craziness that's happening right now as a result of it i it's something i will always be i will always look back at this point in my life regardless of what else whatever else is going on and be so proud and have such fond memories of it because this has been the craziest five weeks of my life i mean literally the crazy shit i never even dreamed would have happened has happened over these last five weeks and i don't think anything will ever top it and i don't think anything has to i i am just insanely proud of what we did and how the fan base has come together to really support it Mm -hmm. 
I'm proud of you guys. I think all the horror fans are proud of you guys. You guys are are not only, you know, doing it for you guys, but you're doing it for the fans. And that's, that's the most important thing. Well, this is very much a, a a fucking community effort, man. You know, this is every bit of this. If you can't tell we're horror fans from watching terrifier too, I don't know what you can the, and the it's, influence it's, used off the screen off the screen literally does dude i mean and here it's a rocky story dude here's this yeah. little movie yeah. with the littlest budget out of fucking everything in in the hollywood top 10 and it's just punching away and punching away and it's it's hanging in theaters at the same time there's george clooney movies there's fucking Dwayne the Rock Johnson movies. There's the final fucking chapter of the Halloween franchise. Final chapter. Yeah, we'll get. I mean, <laughs> I mean, totally. But you know what I mean? It's just the fact that this movie is even in those conversations. Yeah, is mind blowing. You know. So yeah, I am. I am so proud of everything we've done, and so proud of the fan base. And so proud that we all did this together, that we all collectively did our part to possibly really change things, you know, for the better. And that's just, it's an amazing fucking feat, man. And it it was a Herculean effort. And every one of us from me to Damien, to you, to fucking Stoney the Great on TikTok, to fucking (laughs) the person who just snuck into the movie to just fucking watch it and have a good time for the fourth time or whatever, just so they could talk about it more online. Every one of those people have collectively come together to turn this little movie into a contender. Mm -hmm. And I was, as we were sitting here, somebody just sent me the list of Oscar contenders and there's terrified too on it. (laughs) It's like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, Oh my God, what have we done? You know? And it's it's crazy, dude. It, it's one of the I don't I don't like words. I know I've been rambling, but it's literally words escape me. And when I when I don't know what to say, I talk fucking forever. You know, it's funny. If I had something to say, it'd be you'd get like a two second answer. But me, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Nah, this was one of my favorite bomb. conversations I've ever had on this podcast. This oh, was thank you, man. I really appreciate you. you doing it, and I, I really really hope that the terrifier train just continues. You know, and whenever the third one happens, I just, I hope it's explosive like this was. Well, we're going <laughs> to, the things we've talked about so far are fucking insane. So. Oh man, I want to be offended. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's funny. It's like anyone who wants us to make Terrifier 3, they have two things to do. Give us the money and leave us alone for a year. Exactly. We know what we're doing. Yeah. Don't try to interfere. Don't try to add two cents. Just leave us alone and let us do what we do. Hang up the phone on any studio that calls you guys. (laughs) Oh, dude, we we can't make a Terrifier 3 with a studio. It's impossible. (laughs) They don't understand what this is. That's the chaos that everyone has caused by making this movie a success in Hollywood is priceless. They don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. They, they look at what's happened here and they're like, and I've gotten calls from everybody who I know in the film industry is like, dude, I'm in there in pitch meetings and they're all, and they keep asking me, do you have anything like Terrifier? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so it, it's fucking nuts, dude. It, it's absolutely the coolest thing. But yeah, you don't have to worry about that. There's, there's no way you're ever going to see 
Terrifier brought to you by Universal or, <laughs> or anything <laughs> even remotely like that. Media sales go through the roof too. We need to keep yeah. keep physical media alive. And well, that's, you know, that's where, I mean, there's a lot of things happening right now. I mean, I, I don't know. Anyone who's made a movie knows that when you when you make your first movie and it's a success, you're going to see very little of what the box office is, yeah, if any at all. Sometimes, mm-hmm. so the only way that we survive, even though we did great with this one, we're still doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ways that you can directly support us, and that's by buying the Blu-ray yeah. or buying the DVD. I mean, that's something that we have far more of a reach into in terms of you know market share or whatever and you know we also have terrifiershop.com which yeah. is where you, you can get this cool ass little art the clown hoodie yeah, I noticed and you that's can cool. fucking and you can you know there's t-shirts on there and there's comic books and there's yeah. going to be so much more stuff being added too but that's how people can directly if they want to and god bless if you do yeah. but that's how you can really support us is by hitting up things like that things that we have control on and that'll keep the terrifying train going because any money we make we end up just putting right back into the movies you know it's like we don't really take anything any money we had for terrifier 2 that we got from the crowdfunding every red fucking cent of it is on the screen exactly you know none of us fucking did anything extraneous and we didn't have to we just wanted this to be what it was and it turned into something we never in a million years would have imagined it being. But and we all we all know you guys don't do it for the money anyway. You know you do it for the love of the horror. So that's what's most important. Dude, we'll make two hundred thousand dollar movies for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I don't care. Who gives a shit? You know, you know if we're happy and we're doing it on our terms, then great. You know, yeah. it's just I mean, listen, yeah, we're, we 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 submitted for an Oscar. <laughs> you know, we we submitted because we could. Exactly. And you know what? And we qualified and it was free. So yeah, yeah, you better believe we're going to do it. If only so Hollywood knows that these horror fucking fans are there and we control what's successful. You know, we don't have to be catered to by them with their fucking cookie cutter movies that check every fucking box that are supposed to be, that are so homogenized at times that you can't even tell what the original fucking premise of the movie was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, us submitting for an Oscar is just saying, hey, we're here. Yeah. You know, we got here without you exactly. and we're here. And while we not we may not be the richest motherfuckers or the or the fucking most savvy motherfuckers, I'll tell you what, we are the coolest motherfuckers in that room. Yeah. Because we did that shit without any help from anybody but the fans. Smartest motherfuckers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't imagine the jealousy from some of these studios right now, though. They're probably just like, fuck those guys. They're doing what they love. And we're over here burying a hole for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing about this movie that should have been successful. Nothing. It, it's it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. You know, hey, come on. We salt and fucking bleach the chick. <laughs> you know? It's, it's, it's fucking so Art, Art the Clown mows down people with a Tommy gun. None it's, of this is so fucking nuts. There's, Seventies, this clown cafe songs. Who does that? You know what I mean? It's fucking yeah. insanity. 
it's so good i mean you guys you guys hit every every nail on it you, you know you, you did perfect on everything so Thank i commend you, you guys Appreciate for having it. done so I'm we really, tried man yeah i'm really looking forward to what what you guys do next whether that's terrifier three or something else you know i'm just i'm here for it yeah, thank you. And we're we're grateful that you're along for the ride. And I, I can just guarantee you from it, the fans will always be on our ride because yeah. we're in your car. You know what I mean? So anywhere we go, you guys go. Exactly. And we wouldn't have it any other way, you know. I I I would rather and this goes for just about everybody on the team, man. We would rather die paupers with integrity than douchebags who have millions but no soul exactly know? yeah and support your local cinemas these these movies are yes. seen on the big screen so that's the truth yes. you know 100 percent. i mean come on dude some of those kills on the big screen are you fucking kidding me it's the amazing best. it's the best and it's it's unfortunate because some of these, these smaller cities won't get like a packed house, and that kind of sucks. Because when you see it with a packed audience, it's on a whole nother level, you know. Yeah, it's 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 like Rocky Horror without the music, dude. It's, yeah, it's we literally made a fucking the cinematic equivalent of a of the best punk rock concert you could go to. Exactly. Yeah, it would be cool if with with Terrifier three somehow there was like a moment like in the room or in Rocky Horror where people throw stuff. <laughs> mm like dude cool. you never know yeah i mean again that's that's stuff that the fans create so exactly yeah, as, a fan as fan. much as you look forward to see what we're doing we're looking forward to see what you motherfuckers are doing you know exactly. because you guys have taken this shit to a level we never even thought possible so we're exactly. we're, we're watching and loving every second of it well, as entertained never... as you are by us we're just as entertained believe me yeah, well, no matter what you guys end up doing, you know, you got hundreds of thousands of people behind you now. So that's all that matters. That's so, the most amazing feeling in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. It really means a lot. Of course, man. Anytime. I feel like I've known you for a long time. It's kind of crazy. Well, we have been on for about mm, two and a half hours. hours so yeah. you've gotten to know me. <laughs> for sure. No, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm sorry this went a little no long. Worries, man. It was fun. No, dude, it's fine, man. I'm yeah, all good. Sorry just, about the, just... the audio issue, too. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Man, you too. All right. Thanks again. Later. Bye. And you 
just 